Welcome to episode 362 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 362 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Well, I'm going to be sitting in Kona in two days, so I really can't complain. Two days, is it? Mm. So you leave on Thursday. Do you get there on Thursday, do you? Get there Thursday. What time do you get there? 10.30 in the morning. Nice. Belinda's going to be there when is she the same flight there? No, no, she's coming over a week later. Oh, that's right. Mm. Do you fly home together? We do. That's pretty romantic. Doing that Jetstar gig again. Oh, are you? Booked, booked on Qantas. Why'd you do that? Had no choice. Why? Because Air New Zealand decided to change all the flights. And Hawaiian was only, didn't come on the scene till then. Oh, it was the only thing. choice. Have you done the upgrade? What do you mean? Like, you know, get the, the, I don't know, food and stuff? You get the food. Mm. It was pretty average. It was. It was no choice. Oh, big amateur error. It wasn't amateur error. There's no choice. Well, you could have gone a day earlier. Well, poor you. I'm talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Tell you what, they won't be having coffees of Hawaii on Jetstar, will they? We will be in Kona, though. Albert sent the shipment over. Oh, thank God for that, because Jetstar <laughs> won't deliver on the coffee. Athlinks.com. Uh, social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Lactic buffer to make you better. Trainingpeaks.com. Uh, place to store your, to see how your machine is going. And slstry.com. And a place to dress that machine. John, it's quite dark in the morning at the moment, isn't it? Well, I was thinking when I was running yesterday, we, we're coming up towards the shore, not too well, far away from the shore. shore it must be some stage in June. It must be, eh? So, because we're normally, what, what's time now? 7 a.m. And it's still pitch black outside New Zealand right now. All the lights of the city are still on. Mm. Fascinating to start the podcast. You like that? Love changing. Jetstar conversation and darkness. Tell you what, that's why people love the show, John. Uh, um, this week's show, what have we got happening? We've got a bit of, let's have a look, we've got some news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got an interview. Who's the interview with, John? We've got Gordo coming on to talk a, bit, a little bit about um, not losing your speed if you're sort of in the Kona qualifying area on the bike. Okay, sounds good. Maintaining. You've got speed. a coach's corner as well. Just a quick couple of questions, sort of addressing. Good. So, sort of coach's corner about slash dressing. questions about dressing. Wow, it's appropriate. Lagging. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got some questions and answers at the end. Okay, so we've got some news coming up right now. And first of all, we've got a couple of things that happened last weekend, a few races at least. And first of all, we're going to talk about Lanzarote. I mean, Lanzarote happened, and no real surprise in the results here, Jumbo. No, Ferris Al Sultan uh, very much dominated the day. Came out with a 47-48 swim, uh, rode 4.53 and ran 2.55. So just Good solid effort, wasn't it? Just nice and consistent, 8.42.40 um, for a 10-minute victory over Mikhail Blanchard and Krill Kotsigarov. I think one of the interesting ones to me was uh, Philip Graves. He's back on the scene, finishing in uh, fourth. fourth place on what was... Probably you'd say a slightly more conservative bike ride, which is good for him and, and, and enabled him to, to put in a half-decent run. Uh, so he was the fourth there in 904, but only by eight seconds. Yeah. Got outrun by the Estonian. Gutted. So did he get caught? Well, he must have done, I assume, at some stage oh. because uh, it was only eight seconds and he had the slower run time. Um, and Bart Jammer, who 
raced the weekend before. I, I seem to remember in the 70.3, uh, was in fifth. So really close racing. Third place was 9.04, and uh, fifth place was 9.06. And then Michael Witzel was uh, sixth. And whatever happened to Stephen Bayliss? Can't see his name. He was there. first out of the water, wasn't he? Was he? I think so. Well, he's out of the water close to Ferris. Hmm. Do you know what? Okay. Ferris oh. won this race as an age grouper in 1997. That is an interesting fact. That's a good one, isn't it? Part of your butt, did you pull that one out of? I just saw it in the ear, John. No, I did my peas. Very, very nice work. Yeah, yeah, I did my peas. And what year was that, sorry? 97. 97? So, Hmm. you know, 16 years ago. Yeah. Um, He must have been pretty young then. He must have been, eh? Because he's not... I mean, we all think Ferris has has been around forever, and he obviously has been around a long time. But he's not that old. He's not like a Crowe or Macca who's in there, you know, hitting 40... Um, are you googling how old he is? Eh? Well, I'm going to try to. Yeah. Actually, if, why don't we just click on his uh, name? It'll probably tell us. Um, it's oh, come on. I'm, I'm still getting used to my Mac. I'm still getting used to my Mac. How right. long you had it for? Actually, I should. Uh, it would have helped if I was looking at the mail field. Oh, that definitely helps. Yes. Okay. Have you got it? Uh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Um, he is 35. So wait a second. If he won it 16 years ago, he was 19. Yeah, I remember when we spoke to him, he did start pretty young. That is young. Well, and in those age groups, you've got to win it pretty much because you're one of the only people there, but obviously he's a pretty talented athlete as well. But mm. So he's been in the game for a long time. Mm. And it's really interesting. If we look at, there was a, you know, he won Kona, and then, you know, there's a couple of years where he was pretty dominant, and then he kind of faded for a little bit. But then in the last kind of three years, he's, he's or last couple of years at least, he's really had some great performances, hasn't he? Mm. I mean, he's won... Uh, Abu Dhabi, didn't he? he uh, no, he won Germany. Uh, Germany. And just had really good consistent Fifth in Kona last year. That yeah. race in Kona last year was a gold race by him. Yeah. You know, really, it's, it seems to be really rare that he has a shocker. Yeah. You know, he's you know, he's always there or thereabouts. So uh, good on Ferris. We like Ferris. Yeah, Ferris is a good guy. And he's a great guy to interview because he's just – he just says it how he thinks today. Mm. And, mm. and I think the nice thing for Ferris is, he's, he's, as he always says in his interviews – He's got nothing to prove, mm. you know. He, he, you know, for a lot of guys out there, they got to get that Kona win, and he got that. It, it almost like it was a bit of a blessing in disguise for him because he got it early, and you know, and you know, God, I'm sure he'd love to win Kona again. Mm. But at the same time, he kind of doesn't have that pressure to try to win, you know, to have to win it. Mm. And uh, it's an interesting perspective on how you have your career if you get the big win early. Mm. Can it? Yeah. Totally, totally. What hear what you're saying. Uh, the girls. Oh, okay, tell me about the girls, John. Kristen Moller from Germany. Dominated the dojo. Yeah, she did, didn't she? Uh, one hour swim, uh, five thirty-one on the bike, and two fifty-eight run. She outran most of the guys. Um, that's impressive. Though it's a pretty slow bike. Uh, for that course, no, not especially. I mean, okay. Ferris only rode just under under five, I think. Uh, so nine thirty-seven. Uh, that's impressive. That Good is, work. That is pretty impressive. Th- that is a thirty-two minute victory over Helene Bedevart and Saleta. Castro was in third from Spain, and that was about the guts. Maybe the ba- Baylisses didn't turn up. I can't see Bella Bayless. No, because I did read somewhere that like, Bayless was out of the water fast or something like that, or Ferris got out of the water with Bayless or something, so maybe he DNF'd. Maybe he did. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, okay, Ironman Texas has also happened on the weekend, and uh, Paul Amy, 39 years old, First ever Ironman win. It's about the only time I haven't picked bloody Paul Amy to, to have a blinder. I was looking through the list last week and I've, I've picked him so many times I thought I'm not going to pick him again. And then he goes out and wins it. Um, so I know Paul because he was in my team uh, one year in France. So know what sort of a character he is. And uh, what kind of character is he, John? He's 
he's one of those guys who's on or off. He's on or DNFing pretty much. Oh, really? <laughs> and so he's won the World Duathlon Champs a couple of times. So he, was he a good triathlete? Oh, he's exceptionally talented. Yeah. Um, but how well did he do? Well, he we got second in the World Champs to Simon Lessing in Lausanne in 1998 or nine. Um, maybe, probably 1999. I can't remember. One of those years. And won a couple of World Duathlon titles. Had a few sort of podiums on the World Cups. Don't know if he won any World Cups, but just, he was the business. Yep. Um, really, really very good athlete. But uh, We came to long course, what, about four or five years ago? And he had a great race a year or two ago in, I think it was in Texas when it was uh, the US champion or the US Championships. I think he finished second, maybe uh, second there, really close second, and went, I think, close eight hours. Yep. So on his day, very, very fast, very fast runner. Um, he only ran two fifty six here, but he's he's the kind of guy who's capable of like a two thirty five. Yep. He's a very fast runner, so good to see Paul do, doing well. Um, well, the interesting thing was post race, he said he had a terrible day. He, said he felt bad all day. He had um, bad asthma, I think, in the mm-hmm. swim, and then he had Achilles problem, and he just said he had a shocking day. Mm-hmm. But hey, he got the win. Yeah, he had a fifty-four-minute swim. He's a very good swimmer. He's normally front-pack swimmer, and he was like four minutes down on the good guys out of the yeah. swim. So that's it took him to like the sixty-mile mark to get to the top ten of the bike. So it took him a while to have a great day. But hey, I have a bad day, wouldn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and he's a uh, he's one of Macca's training mates. Um, so yeah, rode, rode uh, swim fifty-four, rode four twenty-nine, ran two fifty-six. It did sound like it was a pretty tricky day um, for an eight twenty-five oh six. Taking down James Kanana uh, in eight twenty-seven thirty-five, and Ian Mickelson. Never heard of him before. Eight thirty oh six. Good race by Justin Deere, but just missed out on uh, being okay. on the podium. Yep. 8.30.35 and Sven Svenberg in 8.37. Well, and uh, the thing you really have to talk about with this race is Joyce's performance. Oh, crushing. She absolutely dominated, didn't eighth, she? Eighth fastest time overall. I know. Um, and what, what That was a gold performance. What you got to look at here is... is what, know, what's her time? Uh, 8.49.14. Wow. So, you know, typically what I do to, to try to evaluate the girls' race is... Look at the guys, sort of see what caliber they are, and then see the difference between the first guy and the first girl. Yep. She is only twenty-four minutes behind Paul Amy, and uh, we wouldn't say Paul is 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 as a top-five sort of Kona guy with this sort of performance. But James Kanana, he's pretty consistent, yep. pretty decent. She's only twenty-four minutes behind. Normally, you see that gap being around about sort of between forty yeah. at the low end and sixty minutes at the at the higher end. Anything lower than that you're saying the girls haven't had a very good day. Um so that is is a sensational oh, performance. She really smoked it. It was interesting she was saying, you know, after Kona last year and I think she did a seventy point three early in the year where she didn't go so well. And um she said you really want to nail this race and she did, didn't she? She did. So she's certainly gonna be one of the favourites. Now she was faster than Mary Best time last year as well, which is by about five minutes, I think. And I think it sounded like it was a pretty tough day. Yeah. So hot. Um didn't have a great well, didn't have a great swim for her fifty four minutes. Um she's normally a bit quicker than that. Uh four forty two on the bike and only a three oh seven on the run. So it seems like most of the run times there are pretty slow um, because she's sort of a, a three-hour caliber, if not under. Um, it's, good, it's a good sign for Kona, but isn't it? It is. You know, because last year, unfortunately, she, I think she was she was ready for Kona mm. and, um, you know, just unfortunately she got sick a few days before the race. But 
she can go into this kind of form, it's going to be a great female race again. It is. And um, there probably won't be quite as much pressure on her this year, I wouldn't have thought. Because um, last year, people, you know, a lot of people were talking her up last year. And they will be this year, but because she, I think. Yeah, but with this result, do you think? Yeah, but I think by there? the time we get to Kona, people will just be looking at last year's Kona results. Um, if she pulls out another blind, we'll forget about this result in, in a few months' time. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and okay. Um, what result, John? Yeah. So, no, she is uh, certainly a, a Kona contender. And that's a, that's an outstanding result. I've got to have a look at Torsten, Torsten's uh, Torsten's site here. He predicted that she would come in nine ten. Expected time nine ten and went eight forty nine. So you got it wrong by twenty minutes. Yes. Torsten, yes. smoking man. Paul Amy came in ten minutes quicker than his expected time. James Kanana was about about right. Um, Ian Mickelson. Right, I've got to give this guy a bit of love because isn't he, it Phil's brother? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, there's no link there for me to go and find his results, but uh, he was expected in 8:53 and came in in 8:30. Nice work. Yep, that's no, very. What's the difference between green and red? Uh, that means I guess they went quicker than they went quicker than expected. Red is slower than expected. Black is no, no, about the same. Yeah. Mike Schurlif from Switzerland expected 8:56:33 came in 8:56:06. Love your work. Consistent performer. Okay, John Bode, what's up next? We've got Ironman Brazil coming up. You know what, an interesting fact about Ironman Brazil. Go on, John, hit me. So, uh, no, I'll tell you the fact. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a fighter. You're not a fighter, man. Um, they, they, to credit to Ironman Brazil, they did actually have all the athletes listed on the website. They didn't have the pros listed I know, uh, the way that I like. names on here. So, but, but they had it in a format where you could actually grab it all and copy it into a, an Excel spreadsheet oh, and okay. they had the pros listed on there. Okay. Unlike most other races, they just have all the age groupers, don't have any mention of the pros. But um, what I found interesting was, this is a race that sells out, um, when I did that, there was only 172 women in the field and 1,700 men. Really? That's a staggering difference. I mean, I would never expect it to be 50-50, but I'd ex- at least expect it to be, I don't know, well, so 80, it's only 20. 10% of the field is females. Yeah, I would have expected a minimum 20%. But I wonder what I wonder what the traditional number is. Hmm, don't know. That's a really good question. What what? How many females tend to do Ironman races as a as a percentage overall? Torsten, take find there out you go. for us. Yeah, he'll, he'll tell us in no time. But really fascinating. Hmm. Mm. Oh, only 172. So I wonder how many um, slots they have. The girls. Good point. Like, do the bugger even, all probably. Do they even not have an age group slot? Oh yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, let's say nineteen to twenty-four or something. There's only two athletes. They don't give it a thought. I believe so. I believe that they don't. Well, you've gone from being very certain <laughs> to having a bit well, of doubt. That's, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, I don't. I don't. I don't think they have slots in every age group. So if you have one in the eighty plus, does that? Hmm. Anyway, somebody can answer that for us, but I don't think they do. Okay. Good times. Okay, who's racing, John? Oh, okay, last year we had Ezekiel Morales take it out in 8.22 from Santiago Ascendo and Igor Amrilio in 8.27. Um, this year it's a 2,000-point race and $75,000 prize money. Um, and the girls' side, we had Sophie Goss, Kim Lofter and Vanessa Glaminen take, uh, taking out the win. This year we have... Uh, First ranked, according to Torsten, is Victor Del Corral, expected to come in in 8.31. I think the interesting one here is Timothy O'Donnell, what he can do in this race. Well, he has uh, to be favourite, doesn't he? Uh, 
Well, according to Torsten, statistically he's not. Oh, really? Who is? Victor Del Corral. You've heard of him? I have, because Torsten tells us all about him. Victor Del Corral um, won Ironman Lanzarote in last year and was fourth in Challenge Barcelona. On the other side, Kim, uh, Tim O'Donnell's had a second at Coeur d'Alene in Texas and an eighth in Hawaii in 2012. So... You'd yeah. have to give it to Tim, wouldn't you? If you were going to put money on it right now, who would you give it to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd put it on um, Tim O'Donnell. But he's that you know, fanta- had that fantastic 70.3 career, come across Ironman. Yes, he's had those couple of seconds, but I think that first year in Kona, like people were almost expecting him to, to win it. Well, but I think the reason that happened was because he was the only American hope. Mm, mm. You know, uh, you know, like it... it <laughs> The American needs somebody. Mm. They need some saviour. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I think the other names to watch out for in there, you know, got Luke McKenzie. I almost guarantee he'll be first off the bike and it'll be interesting to see what he can do on the run. Eduardo Stirler is always uh, there or thereabouts. Pete Rebrusik's up for number, what is, what is he up to now? Was it 150 the no, other day? No, it was day? 125. But did, you, did I send you through the email about the guy who's done more than him? No. Did oh, you? no, you did. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's in my own box. Uh, and Keegan Williams, good Kiwi going down there um, to see what he can do. So good luck to those guys on the girls' side of things. It's quite a big field, really, isn't it? It is. 23 uh, pro starters and, oh, no, 25, 27 guys. But as I said, I mean, if you're a um, if you're a there or thereabouts athlete and you're not too worried about age group racing, um, why wouldn't you race pro when you can pay 750 bucks? Yeah. And well, it depends on how much you race. But race, yeah. race as much as you like. So, Although, how much does it cost to do Ironman New Zealand now? Well, it's in that, in that sort of region. So, for one race, you're going to get unlimited races. Yeah, so for Kiwi, it's not that great. But even if, you do, and if you're a New Zealander, if you were doing Ironman New Zealand and 70.3 so Auckland... So, it's, it's, it's for 70.3s as well. Mm, it's not two mm, different licences. No, no. Oh, sweet. So, you know... Hey, even if you're not a pro, do it. Well, you've got, got to be eligible. Some countries have eligibility rules. In New Zealand, it's slightly different. Fudge the numbers. You'll be right. Yeah, good luck. Put on that. your own race. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Gomez crushed. Oh, hold it. on. What oh. about, you're such a sexist pig. You don't going to tell oh, anybody about the girls. I wasn't even listening to what you're talking about. Have no. you done, not done the girls? The girls. Jesse Donovan, Torsten has seated as a uh, favourite. Um, expected oh, to come in at pig. Nine, <laughs> 9.19. Uh, should be a close race based on Torsten's stats here. He's got. Um, Mar- Marjan Weird from Netherlands in second, Hayley Chura, Vanessa Giannini and Amanda Stevens all expected to finish within uh, seven minutes of each other. Really? Hillary's racing, good luck Hillary. Dee Dee Griesbauer, she's always there or thereabouts. Can't see Fernanda Callas their name for a change. Oh man. The, 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 the queen of Brazil. Oh no. So there we go. 20, uh, Torsten's giving... Timothy O'Donnell, a 22% chance of winning. Really? Mm. Oh, Over 21% of Victor Del Corral. Oh, back to the boys now, are we? Yep. Are you being sexist? Yeah, the girls, 26% <laughs> chance there for Mergem Weird. Yeah. Good luck to everybody racing in Brazil this weekend. Okay, challenge Barcelona. Barcelona <laughs> happened last weekend, and Gomez crushed it, John. Really? I, I didn't pick that one. <laughs> didn't see that coming. <laughs> but the hype was building up Maca versus Gomez. It was like it was, never, it was never even going to be a contest. Have you got the top 10? Uh, Have you got the time splits? No. I can't find the time splits. He, he won by like a crushing victory. It was like 10 minutes or something crazy. Um, Gomez is just a machine and he, he does all distances. And if and when he chooses to come across to Ironman, he's just going to kill it. 
Simple as that. Well, he's, 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 he should do it now, my, my reckon is. Your reckon is that? Yeah, is that's it? my is reckon. That reckon? Yeah, that's, that's what I reckon. It's <laughs> my reckon. Um, <laughs> because I know you think you should go to Rio. I think he's wasting his time. Go now. Do it now, go. He's jump. It's got, he's, he's still pretty, uh, he's still fairly, fairly young, I no, think. No, we figured that last time. He's a little older than you thought. Yeah. And I'm right. If he goes now, he's going to win Kona for the next four or five years. I wouldn't disagree with that. And then, and you talk about the money he's getting from his federation. He wins Kona five or six times. You know, you'll get a lot more money than what you get from cheap ITU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it was his first half distance race, I believe, and uh, good on him. What do you reckon he'd do, Conan? Oh, is he good in eight? Yeah, he's good in pretty much anything. And he's yeah. a complete triathlete, isn't he? Yeah, he can swim. I mean, we'll be first out of the, if not first out of the swim, he'll be on like Andy Potts' feet. He'll ride with anybody and he'll absolutely crush them. Oh. He's a very efficient runner. Um, so I think he'd, he'd actually do really well over the longer distances. Whereas um, yeah, Brownlee's a, an aggressive mongrel runner. Um, you think he would never have to control himself? I still think he'd do exceptionally well. Okay, but what if those two went head to head in Ironman? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, I would probably put my money first up on Gomez. First up, oh, really? First up. Once Brownlee figured it out, then probably maybe switch a little bit. So if those were to go today, mm. you'd put on on Gomez because you think yeah, Gomez is a bit more well controlled as an yeah. athlete. Brownlee, would, I reckon, would probably go out there and smoke himself. Probably have a 25-minute lead coming off the bike and crumble on the run. John, are we seeing – we seeing? someone sent through an email a while ago, I can't remember, but they were kind of saying how – if we look at ITU, a lot of guys who probably wouldn't have left are leaving right now because basically at the end of the day, the Brownleys are too dominant. And so a lot of guys are going, bugger this, I'm jumping ship. Well, I don't necessarily think that's the reason. I think the reason for that is we're, we're so far out from the next Olympic cycle, there's not too much pressure to be um, doing all the World Championship Series races and accumulating points and, and, and qualifying your country for, for certain slots. So I think that's why we're seeing more guys shift away. I, don't, I mean, if certainly it's it's near on impossible to beat the Brownleys, um, but I don't think that's the reason. I think the reason is it's, it's so far out from the next Olympics. That's my take on it anyway. Well, John, mm. if you're racing the Brownleys, right? No. Anyway, okay, I'm moving on. I do think Gomez should go long now. I think it's a good call. Pop him an email. I'm sure he listens to the show. Mm. Mm. Can he speak English? Uh, he, he's, that's, that's why he's such a popular character. He speaks all the languages. He just comes across as a really nice guy and, uh, yeah, speaks perfect English, better English than you. Well, there's no denying that. <laughs> that's <not> hard. <laughs> exactly. How's that, how's that deck going? My deck? My deck's <laughs> looking good. It's looking good. John, just one more thing. Would he be marketable to the US? He would be, wouldn't he? Is he, is he someone like who understands yeah, yeah. the game? Yeah, 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 I think so. Um, I mean, he's, he does a bit of racing in the US. He's done some of the 70.3s. I can't, he, he may have even, I can't remember if he won... Uh, the 50, 51, 50. No, he's not doing the 71.3s. He's doing 51, 50 races. He does a bit of racing over there. He won, uh, he won Escape from Alcatraz. He's, he's done races like that. So he's really, you know, he's diversifying as well while he can, while there's not this Olympic, 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 Olympic pressure. Um, he's doing all sorts of races at the moment. Do you think Gomez, I know I'm going on a bit Gomez here, but do you think he's going to go, I can still win Olympic gold? Or do you think he goes, oh, I just want to have one more Olympic experience? Mm, I don't know. I, I, there'd have to be some doubt in there about... Yeah, the totally. But, but at the end of the day... So but it's still another four years away as well, or three years away. 
Yes, it is. Um, and so you can't see him, you know, the Brownies are dominant now. Another three or four years, who's going to be the U-Kids on the block? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But often you see people being at their absolute prime, and some people are different, for two or three years, and then they just lose it. You know, they either yeah, just but, burn, but do you see Gomez out. being the guy who's going to replace that? Potentially, but maybe, maybe not, but. Get go him on, long, get, mate. Go long. Range, get him on the show. Okay, someone, someone, hook us up. Someone you know him. Someone knows him. Hook him up because we want to get him on the show, and, and I'm going to convince him to go long. Mm. If I can convince him to go long on the show, that would be legendary, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, look, sure. mate. Look, I'm sure you're, you're going a, downhill. I'm sure you're a strong influencer <laughs> in this world. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you. Super Matt sits through an email. Hold and on, hold on. Oh. See, not only a sexist pig, you're not even giving. <laughs> Our um, um, friends, friends of the show, some love here. Terenzo's back on top, winning yes. Florida seventy point three and fairly cr- uh, by a couple of minutes. Good crushing fashion, and uh, another friend of the show, Mary Beth Ellis, taking out the girls. Well, John, mm. I love it. Mm. Good. <laughs> I so do it. I. Did he kill it? Did he? Uh, he had several minutes. Several, it was about two and a half minute win. Did you hear about Brad Carterfield? He won the week before or something. Yeah. Some Australian seventy point three didn't yeah. ten. Yeah, and it was accurate. Because someone sent us through the GPS. Right, nice. It's solid. Solid? Is it just solid? Solid, yeah. You, yeah. Give, you give no one any love. Hell tell. I tell, tell you, when I do. Hell tell sent me an email and he goes, I thought we were friends, John and I. <laughs> and I said, mate. I thought he was in proper dress up. All he did was wear a little shirt. Yeah, I have to admit, the, the dress up was a little bit unconvincing. <laughs> you know, wearing a shirt's not the most comfortable thing, but but... Yeah, the, the dress-up wasn't as what I was expecting. But in saying that, he still pulled off like a... That was a pretty impressive time. Yeah, a great time. Um, can, can I do the next one now? Yep, go for it. <clears throat> I'm not going to get an insult? Well, <laughs> have you, have you, I, I had a look at the... Yeah, you carry on. Super Matt sent this through. He goes, I hate to use your wonderful podcast as a place to spew hatred and frustration. <laughs> but, well, I'm going to. Just wondering if you're aware of the situation in Ironman Berlin 70.3. Like many, many others, it's a sellout. I signed up for the event several months ago, looking forward to the cracking, picturesque course that was shown on the site. This evening, however, I received an email from the race organiser telling me that with one month to go to the whole event, they hadn't received permission for the course and it had been changed so that the whole bike course would take part in the old airport, within the old airport. While the organiser was keen to point out how wonderful this three-lap course is for spectators, what it actually means is that the bike section will involve going up and down a 1.6k stretch of old runway 24 times. That's not a typo, John. 24 in total. Not to mention the logistics of all this, those cyclists doing a three-lap 25k course at the same time. How tight will it be? Uh, how tight will the turns be? How are the aid stations going to work with all those people on the course? Really disappointed with how this has been handled. They offered uh, transfers to a select number of other races or refunds, but for many, it's too late for that. Travel and accommodation for myself and friends and family have already been booked and paid for. Plus, sure, it's no coincidence that this email went out on a Friday night. Just wanted to point out how shoddy this has been and how it's another example of I'm in shooting self in the foot. John, that's from Matt. Yeah, so I, I had a quick look at the um, Berlin 70.3 website and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think the issue there is it's it's a lap course, um, and it's going. You know, when it says when he says 25, 24 turns, I don't think that's going to be the issue because I think an airport runway. The way that I looked at it, it looked like that was manageable. It looks like they're going like yeah, like a, like an M, like an M shape yeah, almost. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm intrigued to know how they're going to deal with um, two thousand people on a course 
when it's a 25 kilometer lap that's going to be the issue i don't think the turns will be a problem but i think that what well it might be if you've got 30 people trying to turn at the same time mm, yeah um but having done Auckland, where it was a lot, you know, significantly less people, um, I, I quite enjoyed doing doing the lap course, and I think there's this, certainly there's an enjoyment factor in having laps. I think the thing here is is what the congestion is going to be like, and I think the other issue here, and, th- and this is a second week in a row, I think this has come up, is changing things when you've. Um, already signed up and paid for things so this is yeah, one example yeah. and i know that you know that obviously it's a cock up but when you when you're this big an organization you shouldn't have things like this happening if this was a local race you're paying 100 bucks for then john calls you the day before saying look yeah you go <laughs> we're, we're moving uh, a cone yeah it's you go oh, you're well, kind of accepted, ex- you? accepting yeah, but you know they've, they've had the money up front probably for a year and um how long has this race been around for is it a new race i think i don't believe it's a new one i think okay um so that's pretty, that's pretty poor form but the other thing that you yeah, frustrated me a bit last week was about those changes to the the swim uh, the swims for the u.s races and when you've entered you know say well, you, quarter you lane, frustrated last week I think I mentioned it, but I was talking to one of the athletes that's coach, that I'm coaching that's doing Coeur Lane, and, and uh, it was like, you know, that's a real pain in the ass that they've changed that swim. It's no longer, and he's a guy that wants to go pretty fast. It's um, What kind of start are they doing at Coeur Lane? Well, it's like just, you know, just get, it, get in there and go. Okay. So you've got that sort of, anybody could start whenever. You could wait to be the last person tactically. You could try to be first first on the line, but um, what, 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 it, it does influence how What would be the race. best place to be first, wouldn't it? Well, it just depends on what your tactics are. No, but you're kind of thinking that more aggressive people probably want to start early. Yeah, but if you're maybe a Kona qualifier and you want to, you could get, say, right, there's Bevan. I'm going to give him a 10-minute head start on me, and then I'm going to try to catch him on the run. Then I've just got to sit on, sit on him, and I'll, I'm yeah, sure. you still got to catch him in yeah. 10 minutes. But anyway, it's... it's no, that's a weak argument. You know, no, I, I, no, no, no. It's not a weak <laughs> argument because you've entered the race under the premise that. Oh no, no, no! It's, but, it's, it's but the strategy of just oh, give well, him ten minutes. The, but, the thing is, is that you really want to try position yourself with people you can draft with while okay, you swim. That, that wasn't my point. The point is, you've, you've, <laughs> oh, so you've, it was a weak you've, argument. You've entered the race. My argument is, you've entered the race. Oh, you agree with that? That. And then they've gone and changed the rules on it, and, and so I think that's pretty poor form. I, I like the way that they're trying different things with the swim, but. When you've already entered, it's a bit late to go and do it. So I'm not happy about so, that. So it's, in it's the future, like, WTC, you need to... Consult with uh, me first. Okay, of course. <laughs> what are your fees? Uh, cheap? Are you cheap? thousand bucks an hour. It's pretty cheap. Um, um, so it's, a, it's pretty poor form by Berlin 70.3 not to have their act together. Interesting to see how the, the race pans out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Interesting that it's so close to the race. Mm. Imagine your organizer, they've just been crapping their pants, eh? Because, mm. you know, they'll be going, come on, council, come on, council. And then the council goes, oh, no. Nah. And they're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so. But really, you have that sort of shit organized a long way out. Yeah. I mean, I organize races nowhere near to the scale of this, but it's, that, that's pretty civil stuff. Yeah, that, that is pretty basic. And you go, before you even announce you're having a race here, you go, can we run this course? And they might say, yeah, we've just got to jump through a few hoops. But yeah, it should be fine. Yeah, you should it's have like, had a clear idea of what's going to be happening. Anyway. So I understand your frustration, Matt. You've let your pain out. Here we go. We've got to sponsor John. And uh, it's, it's, no, it's not. It's Extreme Endurance. Now, Bevan, you may not have heard of this person. No, I have. Um, I actually, I, you know what's really funny about this? Yeah. Is I read a book on performance and, there, and there's a big section on him. And, uh, and yeah, it was really interesting. The guy called, what's his name? Jason. Jason Lezak. Lezak. So, He'd never really been that successful, and uh, and in the Olympics, 
he had a blinder of a swim. It was like his best swim ever. Mm. And uh, yeah, anyway, Extreme Endurance was sponsoring yeah, so, him. So John, John Hancock, he's not, not sponsoring him. Um, John Hancock sent through an email that he'd, he'd received from Extreme Endurance. Um, they're just a bit of promo stuff saying, um, watch this video to see how Extreme Endurance played a role in one of the greatest races in history, which it really was a four by 100 relay at the Olympics. And uh, and I said, oh, Jason Lisek, was he a... Um, did he take extreme endurance? And they said, yep, his, his um, strength and conditioning coach, Ricky Stassi, started Jason Lezak on extreme endurance three weeks before the US swim trials in which Jason qualified for his third Olympics. And Jason used extreme endurance during training and throughout the Olympic Games. Legendary athlete. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will, will have known. Is he, is he legendary or was it more just one legendary performance? Well, it's, it's a combination. I mean, he's a four-time Olympic gold medalist. I think that qualifies himself as pretty legendary. He's not obviously a Phelps, but um, still. Pretty, oh, pretty it's, impressive. It's unfortunate when you're in a sport where you know you've got a Phelps who is so dominant, and a guy like this, oh, is he, he's all right. You win mm. four Olympic gold medals. It's <sighs> smoking in my book. Exactly. That's that's swimming for you, and it's like it's like yeah, because there's so many different events. Whereas triathlon, you know, one gold medal each time around, you, it's pretty easy to remember who won the gold medal. That's the argument. Eh? Is Phelps the best Olympian ever? Yeah, well, he's a. That's just a yeah. An argument well, you can have for well, no, because it's an interesting argument. Because you go, well, he's won the most medals, but really, it's his sport. Is you know, no, not many other sports you can go and do five races or you know do nine races where you could win a medal. So, I think what's most impressive is he's the period of time that he's held that for. So the number of medals, as you said, you know, um, but the fact that you can medal in three can is it three consecutive Olympics or two? Uh, I don't know if we two. Three but anyway, it's it's it's, it's a uh, that's what's impressive is he held that form for so long. So um, yeah, extreme endurance. Get on there. Use your code IMTalk five um, for five buck discount. I'll put a, I'll put a link to this video on um, on dub 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 IMTalk because it's pretty cool. It's, it was when they won the US Olympic uh, four by one four by one hundred. They won the gold, and uh, this guy <clears throat> he basically had to swim his best PB ever by country mile to win mm. it. And, uh, and the commentators kind of obviously knew the guy and they go, oh, you know, he's not going to get there, but hopefully he does well. And then just in the end, he just finds another gear, doesn't he? Mm. It's pretty cool. So if it's good enough for Jason Lezak, I think it's probably good enough for you listeners. Yep, yep definitely. Check it out, xendurance.com. Okay. Um, Jumbo, you want some music? Oh, no, discussion of the week. Yes. Okay, discussion of the week. Last that was week's... a blinder. <laughs> what was it, John? It was, uh, if you were going to make a change to try to make the pro race more interesting um, at, say, one of the marquee Ironman races. Maybe not Kona, but, say, an Ironman Germany. You know, one thing you could change to, to really spice it up, what would that be? Bevan ridiculed me last week, saying it was a stupid topic. But the listeners came along, and we had sort of 40 or 50 comments on there. So good stuff. It was a great one. Okay. A great one. It was outstanding. How do you define great? Let's let's see what great means, guys. Let's see what great. Okay, let's go. You go, John. Uh, even Stillwell, it would be awesome if the timing was made available to the athletes during the race. Telemetry like stuff used in the international sailing events. You know what they need? They all need, um, if they all had those Google glasses on um, and they could have web updates in the top corner of their eye. Every John, do you know about Google glasses? Yeah. Mate, <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed. impressed. Yeah. John got an iPhone. Yeah. And he still hasn't used it really, have you? I just use it for phoning and text. That's what I use a phone for. No, but it's not a phone now. It's a computer. You're carrying around a computer. I have you got your email set up on there? I have, but I really don't want to get sucked into using that all the time. Oh, uh, you will. Yeah, I don't want to though. Have you got your, um, have you got some apps? <coughs> okay. I got a My Little Pony app and I got a, yep. got the free Angry Birds app for yep. the kids. You got to get Star Wars one. That's really cool. No. Star Wars. 
It's only like a dollar. Yeah. It's pretty good Star Wars. I'm, I'm going to tell you some apps. Okay. Okay. My, my next one, Sharks. This is the, the Shell Tell. This is really showing how this is the best discussion ever. Sharks. Pathetic Hell Tell. Um, Sean Bonsell. Used to be friends. Bonsell. Bons- Bons- <laughs> it was until I, until I went to France when I was in horrific uh, bike shape and he just gave me a spanking going up a climb. Oh, were you in good shape then, were you? No, I was not in good shape. Oh. But, um, yeah, Sean Bonsell created a pro-am subdivision with the race where every male pro is randomly paired with an amateur male and every woman pro randomly paired with a woman age grouper. Combine the pro and amateur times for an overall pro-am winner. Uh, create separate prize purse for pro-am by, f- by $50 entry fee for the possible selection into the pro-am. Um, $50 times 1,000 athletes, 1,000 to 2,000 athletes equals another fifty dollars to $100,000 prize purse divided equally between pro and amateur. Results, less pros dropping out of the race knowing they have possible cash reward via pro-am. Also, better, better pro-am interaction and pros cheering for their partnered amateur who will be um, a key to their payday. Okay, nice idea. Uh, Lee Perry has got to have a tequila shortcut. Mm-hmm. Um, Molly May Laycock had an interesting argument. I would do nothing. Ironman is not a spectator sport. It's a participation sport. So what, your discussion was a waste of time? Um, we're just getting all the different angles here. <laughs> I know that these pro guys and girls are on the ragged edge. Been, um, been the pay to play age groupers who are, the co- who are at Kona because the Americans are so heavily advantaged in getting a slot at the big one. Uh, get the top global age groupers in the mix who will lay it on the line and gamble on having that sweet day. Let them have a real go at the pro athletes. Okay, Matt's got, uh, Matt um, Borowski has got, from the TV or internet coverage standpoint, I would love to see more cameras out on the course providing more than one live feed at the time like it has done for the Masters Golf Tournaments in the US. Right now the viewer can only watch one screen which is generally either the men's leader or two com- or the two commentators. Give the viewers, your viewers, an option of watching the lead, woman's leader, the chase pack, the swim mix at the transition area, etc., on demand and not an interview with some bureaucrat. Uh, how do I say that, John? Bureaucrat. That's the one uh, from I Am Man Melbourne. Uh, Joshua Hickey, two categories um, with and without drugs. Stronger testing to qualify for the latter. With and without extra drugs. testing if you've been associated hanging out with Lance training on the Queen K uh, or he's endorsed your book, etc. Nice. Um, Colin Fraser, have you done his? No. Okay, fill in the gaps with technical info um, on kits, etc. GPS tracking uh, with a telemetry uh, would be very interesting. More cameras, less sub stories. I'm only interested in watching the elite racing. Somebody in there said uh, allow drafting. It would, I can't just find where the, the post is, but allow drafting, and that would create a really different element to the race. Daryl's got boobs, and then Greg's got lions. This is the extent of the best discussion ever, John. This is outstanding. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Hayden Sherman, have the bike last after the run in a draft legal format. That would be pretty funky. What would happen there? So you'd have a Do you reckon a draft swim. legal would work? You'd have, a, you'd have the swim. And we know what comes out. They come out of the swim pretty even. You'd probably have a spread on the bike. You know, guys are probably going to run quicker there. They might run, say, a 2.35. And the lesser guys are going to run, say, maybe a 2.50. So you've got to try to make up 15 minutes on the bike. That would make it interesting. That's a, that's a cool one. What about if you went 270.3s back to back? I think the issue there is, is a safety issue in that second swim. So I think you can do that with short course. No, but for pros... I still think if you try jumping in the water after running a hard half marathon, 
I've done it. It's not pretty. Yeah, but you're not going to die. Yeah, but you get. Yeah, I. I don't think that'd work. But it's a nice idea. And. and in theory I, I finally come to your party And yeah. you shoot me down Yeah um, um A few people said Real prize money Quite a few uh, It was dead de- Oh wait so you can Kevin Murray He's taking it to the next level Sharks with laser beams <laughs> On the bike <laughs> On the bike Sharks with laser beams On the bike Showing up to sharks With legs Best discussion ever John uh, It was Danny Danny, Danny Ward said to Allow the drafting and a number of people have said uh, real prize money. I'm trying to go serious. I've got sharks with laser. What's your idea, Bevan? Come on. How are you going to make the race more exciting? Next day race. So what you do is you have your Ironman that day and then the next day you have a super, super sprint. And, and it's massive prize money. So because everyone does the race on race day. Yeah. So you have so Ironman. pros as well. Are you talking yeah, or not? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Pros only. This is pros only. So, so what happens is Ironman World Championships happens on Sunday. It might say day. Everyone races and you've got all the age groupers there. And then the next day you do one of your Australian things where it's a lap thing mm. and it's a super sprint, but it's a massive money. And only the top 10 guys or the top 20 oh, pros right. get to race it. Yeah. And and so so and you do it in a way that's a quite a cool spectator thing. Mm-hmm. You turn up the next day and these guys are rooted because they've absolutely killed mm. themselves in the mm. race. But, you, you know, there's 100,000 bucks on the line. Mm. And, mm. and you see guys who are destroyed doing a super sprint <laughs> and you do it in a way where it's it's a lap thing. <coughs> Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, that'd, right that'd, well, that'd be good going up, you know, go up Palani, something yep. like that, and um, loop back down and, and have, make a cool. And, and have like a two lap, two k lap run course, mm-hmm. and so you got the massive crowds because all the people who raced the day before would turn up, mm. and you significant money, mm. you know, because it wouldn't be oh, because the thing is, if you did that, who knows who's going to perform? But this is this is where the fr- the French Iron Tour was awesome. So you sort of you almost coming towards that. It's like you know when you had a five day racing back to back how guys are reacting on day five back then Lessing was just crushing everybody because he was just so dominant oh, Melina's and, stories about that at Gold eh? yeah and, and I suppose you'd probably have the Brownleys doing the same if we did something yeah but if now. they do Ironman first if, if, yeah, maybe not a night if you did a no, half no, Ironman no 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 that's the beauty of it <laughs> I can see what you're saying because the Ironman because you, you don't want to see them when they're at the best you want to mm. see them when they're screwed and absolutely buggered mm. and then you go well who could dig deep and you know what if you dig deep you're going to pull off a hundred grand mm. I'd love to see a proper iron tour getting all the best guys together and having a good old iron tour. And maybe I, I can see what you're saying about the full, but maybe having a half in there just to balance it out between the short and the long guys. Bring both sides to the to the table in terms and have different distance, have longer runs, shorter runs, so you just get everything like that. That'd be awesome. Um, but my, my thinking was uh, having a multi-lap course and having it the day after, as, as a lot of people have said, is you have your age group race on Saturday, day after have a multi-lap course and have some significant um what distances would you do for an Ironman oh same distance no 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 but of the laps um on the bike uh probably 15 to 20k probably 15k so if you're doing 15k they're coming past you do 10 might get a little you probably get guys catching each other then it might just get a little bit confusing but I reckon yeah. 15 20k, a bit like what they do with the, um, the the cycling festival that we have here. That's what they sort of do in, in bike races, around about 20k loops. And uh, you just camp out somewhere and you just see them come past lots of times and then put those really serious incentives, um, not these crappy ones where you, you first to the 5k mark and you get a watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, making it worthwhile for someone like a Luke McKenzie or somebody to go off the front and just smash it silly and maybe take a couple of people with them and... Uh, and see if they can actually make some money and actually make the race a bit slightly more interesting, um, because we've got to do, something's got to be done. The racing is just not interesting. If they put bigger premiums out there, 
you know, Prem's out there. Was it Prem's? Yeah. 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 Um, if they put bigger ones out there, you know, let's say if you get to a 100-mile mark or, or like 70-mile mark on the use of the Ks, um, you get 100 grand. Well, well, how would that change the race? Well, I don't know. I, I think maybe more uh, sprint preems like the um, like the Tour de France. So then it might change a bit. You might have guys going on a break for a bit, trying to get that preem, and different guys chasing them down. And I think you might get a few more breakaway dynamics. It'd be, yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't think those guys would go on to win the race, but I think it would make it a bit more interesting on the bike. If you, if you want to sit there and watch it for five hours, then uh, instead of just watching them sitting there for five hours time trial, you might see four or five guys breaking off the front trying to get a, a $15,000 sprint preem. I think that'd be cool. Mm. So multi-lap um, and preems is my two things. Uh, tracking devices is obviously... That's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's but, just, but it's an obvious one. Yeah. I think in terms of adding all the extra cameras and things like that, course we all want that and i'm sure wtc want that but that is hugely expensive but i would love to know well i don't know if it is nowadays if you hit stationary ones you know you get those little procos progos or whatever they're called gopros don't think i quite cut the mustard no john i was gonna say something and i've totally forgotten it oh dear have you come up with your topic for this week yep yep here we go, people. Get excited. No, this one isn't excited because I've had to pull out my butt really quickly. Right. And I just thought it's a good chance to get to know you guys. Desert Island question, John. You like the sound of this one as you drink your water? I do not. Okay. But go for it. If you had to go to a desert island and you had to take four things, what would that How be? How is this triathlon related? John, I'm trying to get to know the audience. Okay. It's better than the shark. I'm, 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 in, I'm in Kona next week, so you can just... Talk talk this one through with the audience. No. Connect, connect with them. What what? Like, okay, so if, if you okay, at least you because you're away next week. If you had to go to Desert Island, you had to take four things. Not being people that you love, swimming goggles, goggles, uh, my wind trainer, and my bike. I, I would go run barefoot. That's three, and then I would take a Mars bar. There you go, four things. Mars bar. Yeah, then it's gone straight away. Uh, yeah. Wow. How are you gonna How are you gonna bike in the sand? I got my wind trainer. But have you got your bike? Yeah, I think I said that, didn't I? <laughs> Swimming goggles, bike, wind trainer, and Mars bar. Uh, what about clothes? Go nude. Yeah, true. You only desert island. That's a yeah. good point. What about, like, what about, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Four things you'll take on the desert island. There we go. Great question. I bet we'll get better answers than the shark of a laser beam. Yeah, we will. <laughs> okay, do you want some music? Uh, age group of the week. We need music. Okay, here's some music. Age group of the week. Let's hold it a little bit longer there for you. He did. Good old Carol Murray sent this one through. She'd like to nominate her husband, John, Dave Murray, for age group of the week. We have followed the show for a few years now, and it is a great tonic to the occasional drudgery of training as we prepare for our first Ironman, Frankfurt, in 2011. Wait a second. Did she send this through in 2011? No, no, no they were training for that. No. We both started regularly competing in triathlon and duathlon around nine years ago and have un- unintentionally worked our way through sprint, standard, half and full Ironman triathlons, mainly as a result of looking for the next challenge. We were over the moon to qualify in February for the Great Britain age group team this year for both the long distance European duathlon championships in Hoist, Netherlands and for the world long distance triathlon championships in 
Belford, France. At first, we could not uh, quite believe the news, and we kept it to ourselves in case there was going to be an apologetic follow-up email informing us of the embarrassing mistake. However, time passed, and with a steady influx of information about kit, logistics, and so on, it seemed that the Great Britain Age Group team were taking us seriously. At this point, uh, we thought we could maybe unleash the repressed pride and excitement and started breaking the news to friends and family. Unfortunately, pride really did um, wait a second. Unfortunately, pride did really come before a fall. And Dave came off his bike the next week, hitting the patch of desert a diesel while cornering. He fractured his scapula in three bits, wow, and broke his four of his ribs. At this point, Dave was heavily into his training schedule and it was less than six weeks from the European Duathlon Champs and twelve weeks to the Worlds. The specialists felt that competing in the Worlds would be highly unlikely and the Europeans was out of the question. As you can imagine, we were both gutted. For us, representing our country was an honour that we had never previously imagined possible and it was uh, and it was to have been an adventure of a lifetime to experience it together. However, after the initial shock and a painful 10 days or so, Dave remained committed to doing whatever he could do to get to the championships. He propped himself onto a turbo trainer in the doorway so that various various hoists could be utilised to stay upright to get onto the bike and set about retaining whatever fitness he could during his recovery. He was focused on racking up some impressive hours on the bike over the two weeks and was out on the road again by three weeks later. Running up was more tricky. He was able to shuffle with discomfort by about three weeks, although with some minor trips and spills, he managed a further 245 minute and 160 minute run before the time came to leave for hoist weeks later, still with some discomfort. <clears throat> Our hearts sank when we arrived at the briefing and heard that there were some recently introduced and fairly stiff cut-off times which would not allow for any incidents or punctures, although entirely reasonable given that this was the European Championships and by definition should be of a high standard, the cut-offs did seriously increase the chances of elimination for Dave, particularly with the run now being such an unknown. However, Dave was on the start line with everyone else and after an uneasy couple of minutes of bumps and knocks in the opening jostle, settled into his rhythm with minimal awareness of his injury. I was so proud to see the th in the thick of it out in the course and see an enormous grin on his face as he passed the finish line. Although his finish time of 3 hours 36 and 33 was way off his potential in the full fitness, he still finished 18th in his age group and 50, 152nd male overall. Not a bad effort for less than 6 weeks of after such a considerable injury. I know this... It would make his month if you were able to add him to Age Grouper of the Week. Please wish us both luck as we look forward to the World Triathlon Championships on the 1st of June. Here's to keeping our fingers crossed that Dave can regain full range of motion in his shoulder joint after the 4K swim. Ooh. It's a pretty good effort, John. It is a pretty good effort. So that's coming up uh, the weekend after <laughs> next. Um, it's in France. And they bike over the Ballon d'Alsace, which I've biked over several times. It was in the same neck of the woods that I used to be in France goes up uh, from about 400 metres up to about 1,100 metres. So it's a pretty decent climb in the middle of a 120k bike ride. And so the, good luck with that, guys, and Dave have and a Carol. lot of fun. And well, good work, Dave, because, you know, like if you get injured, the thing is, you see it with, you know, with anyone who's trying to achieve a big goal, injury is just the biggest suck ever, isn't it? Mm, mm. And you kind of, you put all your commitment to this big goal, and, you know, you, they, they achieve this massive goal of, you know, representing their country at, at the World Champs. And then you get injured just before it, mm -hmm. and you go to your specialist, and they go, "Oh, look, mate, not the best thing to do." Yeah, and and Dave, well, no, I'm still going to try. 
So uh, good on you, mate. Then he did it, made that duathlon. Nice work with the duathlon. And I'm sure with a bit more conditioning, you're going to be ready and prime for this triathlon. Swim sounds like it could be a challenge. but 4K. 4K. John, have you ever done duathlon? Like a serious duathlon? Um, I've just done a few. Don't really enjoy them particularly. Why not? They're incredibly painful. Just because you're the run, bike, run? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you have significantly more doms after the race, or what I always have. Um, they're hard. They're just hard work. You know, it's, it's hard enough getting on the bike after the swim. You know, you're a bit shagged and uh, just to get things moving. But when you had that first run, they're hard, man. They're really hard. What's the longest one you've done? Oh, I, didn't, I just did sprints. Oh, you've never done like a long course? No. Why would you? What's the long course? 10? Uh, it changes all the time. It used to be 10.65. Um, I'm not sure if it's still the same as that or not, but I think it probably is. But it, they, have, they have Olympic distance worlds where they have a like the ten forty five maybe. Yep, I think so. Yeah, never, never takes off, does it? No. Which is interesting because you think it would. Hmm. Anyway, sponsor John. Oh wait a second, Dave, Dave Murray, you are our. Love your work, mate. Love your work. Good luck at the world, you guys. Okay, Coffees of Hawaii, John, sponsor. Well, Bevan, I was um, on the Coffees of Hawaii Facebook page, and um, and they had uh, a post there, The Art of Cupping. They they just had a series of cups cups around a table, and then somebody's actually posted there in, I don't know if that's Hebrew or something, or some... Well, you can translate it. Can you? Yep, you can translate it. It goes, more than a year, I drink this coffee. Dates of Kauai, Hawaii. <laughs> Dates of Hawaii in Moscow. It's Russian. Yeah. It is difficult to buy for 70 bucks shipped. Almost a kilo is not possible. Well, they're not happy about <laughs> But anyway. But uh, hey, if you get dates of coffee, you're probably not going to do it for too good. Let's <laughs> send them dates. I wanted coffee. I didn't want dates. Um, but what I kind of thought would be, be cool is. Oh, we're going to, wait a second. Another one's an Asian one. Yeah. We've got another one. What are they saying? I'm sure it's good stuff, Bevan. Yeah, no, they got, yeah, they got, yeah, they're loving it. They're in Japan. They're loving it. Um, you know, I've done beer tasting, wine tasting. Well, I've got set up here by the look of it. It's actually do a bit of coffee tasting. You know, order order five or so small sample bags. Oh, nice. And you could go around and just treat it as a bit of a social, you know, evening. Try different sorts, of, you know, just a little shot glass of different coffee and find out what you like. I kind of thought that'd be a cool idea to do. When you do wine tasting, John, because I don't drink wine, yeah. do you do something in between the wines so you lose the taste for the last wine? Have a bit of a break, have a little bit of um, cheese usually. When I've been to them, you have just a bit of cheese and, and bread or crackers, a little bit of water. Some people spit it out, but that's just a waste in my opinion. Yeah, I reckon. Um, so I think the secret is you just don't chop too much. And, uh, yeah, but so wait, so, let's, so you go to a wine tasting. Tasting even. Up, you have, so you have, have, a, have a little, yep. A wine little, tasting. A little nip, it? yep. Oh, so I don't know. Not, you not, get a nip, do you? Yeah, yeah. So, well, how much? How much? Well, no, not that much. That much? Yeah, that much. Really? Yeah. Oh. And uh, <laughs> great podcasting. So you get that much? Yeah. You drink that? Yeah. Do you go straight to the next one? No, then you have a bit of a chat, uh, sort of talk through probably the, the next wine that's coming up. And oh, so everyone tries the same wine at the same time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have, oh. like, when, when the ones we've done, we, you know, you have a, a room, there's 20, 20 people or so there, and you just sort of go through that process. Do you know these people? No. Wow. No. Sounds a bit random. Yeah, it is, but it's, it's all good. Um, so, wait, so you have you have a nip, and yeah. you stand yeah. around for how long? But then you have the winemaker there telling you all about stuff, oh, okay. so it's like 10 minutes. But anyway... Do you get enough to get drunk? You really, you really want to go and do it yourself, I think. Because um, <laughs> no, you what you could do is on your camp is you could set up the, the coffee testing. We could. We could. Yeah, we could. 
<laughs> that's extra work, Bevan. It ain't having. Um, but I think it'd be quite cool to do as an as an evening sort of thing. If you had some mates around, you could do it like on games night, Bevan. You know, have, yes. have, in between uh, in between rounds or something, you could have uh, a different coffee, a different little taste of coffee, and find out what you like. Yeah, it's pretty inexpensive to get five different sorts of coffee. Give it a crack. Go to coffeesofwaii.com. Make out. sure you like their Facebook page. Lots of people like their Facebook page more than like ours. What's all that about? But they've got cool, lots of cool photos. Lots of cool stuff showing you what's happening. Lots of people going to make cool comments on it. Mm. They've even got the Miss Hawaii Island holding Coffees of Hawaii. Mm. Good times. Check it out. Coffeesofwaii.com. If you want the promo codes, go to imtalk.me. Do it. Guys, do it. Okay, Jombo, next up we have an interview. Gordo's on next, so here comes Gordo. Okay, here we go. Here's Gordo. Right, fresh we have today, fresh back from a uh, luxurious cycling vacation in uh, Italy. We've got uh, Gordo Byrne to talk about bike training so you don't lose all your speed trying to qualify for Kona each year. And well, we, uh, we have to ask, where are you? It sounds like you're, you're, you're over at the mall or you're going camping. Where are you? <laughs> um, actually, there's a there's a very nice coffee shop here in Boulder called Pete's, and I'm at Pete's having a uh, having a coffee. Nice. It's a hard life. <laughs> it's hard. So um, you know, when we talk about bike speed, um, what'd be really interesting to get your perspective is is what you actually define as um, speed training um, and yeah. re- relative to the bike, because everybody has a different understanding of what speed is. So, in the context of how we're going to discuss things today, what what do you mean by speed training um, on the bike? Yeah, and I think that's important to discuss it in a context of Ironman racing and particularly a middle and long distance athlete. Speed is the ability to go fast on the flat for 20 to 60 minutes. Mm. And it's something that we noticed with our athletes that are doing an Ironman every six months, trying to get the fitness and the skills to qualify for Kona is that they end up, you know, they're, their half Ironman pace feels fast for them, but that's basically their top speed. They'll go into an Olympic distance race, same speed on the bike. They really blast themselves, maybe a little quicker on a sprint try. So they've lost that capacity that a short course athlete would have to really wind it up uh, for 20K or 40K Hmm. on the bike. And it's, some people gravitate to the longer distances because they think that they don't, have that ability or they're you know i was a little bit scared to develop that ability because i was always worried about blowing up or frying myself Mm -hmm. and i think so in in the context of you know an off year or a year or a block of months where an athlete isn't going to be doing ironman training what we're talking about is the ability to really crank for a sprint or olympic distance race so it's within a triathlon Mm. and one of the things that we also noticed with that, when we get to the specific workouts, I'll touch on that for you guys, is that a lot of people get so fit, they don't, they don't really have that ability, particularly on the flats. They just can't get the heart rate up on the flats because they're so aerobically fit. They can't put enough stress on their cardiovascular system when they're on their TT bike. Hmm. And 
And so, do, do you, so you think in the context we're talking um, today is more around um, the sort of Kona qualifiers um, and sort of people who are in the neighbourhood of qualifying. So, so you really feel that that speed training on the bike is is, is a pretty important aspect of their, their their training. It might be, and let me let, let me. Let, let me give people an easy way for them to figure out if this might be something that's appropriate for them. And that's really to understand what your fatigue curve looks like. And by that, I mean, as the duration is lengthening, what does your power profile look like? How fast do you fatigue as the duration increases? And with these new, you know, with WKO or Training Peaks, really any in Strava, any of these programs that'll track your power files over time, it's really easy to see what your best duration power is. First five minutes, six minutes, one minute, 90 minutes, three hours. And a lot of folks will find when they start looking at it that the longest they ever really challenge themselves might be 20 minutes. And then they wonder when they get into a two-hour time trial, which is you know an Olympic distance race, why they don't have that ability to really wind it up and keep it at a high level of output for a couple hours. It's because they're never challenging themselves in that specific sense. And that'll appear with what'll look like a fast fatigue curve. And a rapid fatigue curve, and if somebody Googles up fatigue curve triathlon, Alan Cousins did a series of articles on this if they want to really get into the detail. But basically, if you're declining more than 10%, for your power as the duration doubles, you're probably, you know, you're fading pretty quickly. Now on the flip side, what we see is Ironman athletes, their fatigue curve gets really tight and they might only be declining 5%. But what that could be a sign of is being undertrained for that 60 minute and shorter duration, particularly that 20 and 40 minute duration. And that'll show in their racing with kind of just having one speed. And so top speed's that half, half Ironman effort, and they don't really have one or two gears above that. Mm. I just, I don't know, just, slightly off topic, but I just feel that, um, that so many Ironman athletes really neglect doing short course racing and uh, as part of their training. They may sometimes mm. suck at it, but um, I know that was one thing that you, you know, you, you still did a bit of short course in your, in your time, um, despite... And your aqu- and your aquathons, Johnny. Exactly. Johnny, some aquathons. That was my speed work in the winter. I yeah. blasted myself. But, but I think a lot of people miss the point is, um, yeah, you might suck at them a bit, but um, they're ve- you know, ra- short course racing is very, very effective training for, for, long course, uh, for long course racing, I believe. It's an easy dose of sustained threshold work. And by easy, I mean you don't have to have a pot of coffee and get yourself jacked up and put Rage, on, rage Against the Machine on your iPod <laughs> to, to kind of get out there and get yourself going. All you got to do is turn up, the gun goes off, and you just kind of follow the crowd instinctually, and you're going to get a great workout. And that's, that's why I like to use it throughout the year, even in an Ironman um, setting, because otherwise you're just doing your long weekend every single weekend. But the other thing is, you know, when you start training for that, particularly that Olympic distance, it's going to challenge you in a way that it would be foolish to challenge yourself in uh, when, you're, when you're focused on Ironman. In other words, doing a lot of threshold-type training will make you tired, but it'll make you tired in a type of fitness that you're not really going to be using all that much on race day. So you're much better off focusing on the stamina and the strength. 
And so this is this is something that I would the this type of training that threshold focus is a great thing for late base or if somebody has a particularly long year and they're looking to peak at the end of a 40-week season, it might be something you do for a 12-week block in the middle of the season, uh, and you and you finish that block off with two or three Olympic distance races, and that'll really have your threshold well-trained as you move into that more traditional Ironman training. And that sort of leads on to my next, you know, you've sort of answered part of this question already, but, you know, for, for the Northern Hemisphere athletes, it's, you know, the Southern Hemisphere athletes have the real challenge when they go to do Kona, you've qualified in March or around about that time, and then you have to train through winter and get ready for, get ready for Kona in October. But for the, um, for the Northern Hemisphere athletes that, say, qualify in June, July, August period, and then and then go on to Kona. Uh, do you, do you find is there any common period which is which is going to be better for them to do some speed work? You know, say they yeah. qualify, should they then obviously recover and then do a bit of speed work, or is there better times that you've found have worked better? Yeah. So two different types of athletes. So if an athlete is looking to perform at Kona then it's a different situation than if an athlete requires a life best performance to get to Kona. And so that athlete that's looking to perform in Kona, qualifying is going to be relatively straightforward for that athlete. And so doing a block of threshold type training, sustained threshold training, would be appropriate for that athlete, kind of that late base, early, um, early build. So, you know, if, if we're thinking about October, this would be the sort of thing you'd be doing April, May, a little bit into June. And what it would mean is, relatively speaking, in an Ironman sense, that athlete would be undertrained in an Ironman sense, but they'd be well-trained in an Olympic distance sense, particularly on the bike. And, and that is, and I found that to be really effective for an athlete because it also delays having to do the really long, really sustained work to later in the summer, which is critical if you want to be on your game in October. If you're if you're ripping in May, there's no way you're going to be able to sustain that through to October. And then you've got the athlete that is going to need a life best performance to get to Kona, and in that for that athlete, this the type of training, a, a block of threshold and short course racing, where you're going to really focus on that for your bike, it makes sense in your last year in the age group. Because odds are you're not going to be qualifying that year. And, and, and then that'll put you in a position where the next year you will be very well trained in a threshold sense relative to your peers in that age group, which is something that they can be lacking if they've been hanging around in that age group for a couple of years. And that's where it makes sense. So, you know, the, when you're 44, when you're 39, that can, make, that can be a good time. To do this type of training, unless you want to talk a bit about the specific type of work yeah. that I found useful. Yeah, I mean, because you know, obviously, a lot of people are going to have power meters, and, and they probably understand what FTP is, and, and and people, a lot of people understand what anaerobic threshold is. So, I'm just interested to know how hard. You know what? What sort of zones you spend a lot of the time in? Rather than you know, we can't go into a twelve-week detailed program. But uh, do you do a lot of work um, above FTP? A lot of work at FTP? No. A lot of work just below? Maybe explain yeah. a bit around the the intensities that you're trying to achieve. Well, 
first thing for the athlete that's using power, they need to look at what their actual hour of power best is, not what they've managed to convince themselves their FTP is. Okay? (laughs) That's very important because when I do that, I normally find a gap of 10 to 20%. And these gaps are huge for people because what they do is they get really good at doing 20 and 30 minute tests and they never do a sustained effort more than 30 minutes. And so their actual 60 minute best is probably uh, something that's done in an Olympic distance and it would be far below what what the reality is. So they're gonna have this gap. The other thing that I would have the athlete do and recommend they do is look at their best on the flat and look at their best going uphill because there'll normally be quite a big gap there as well. So when we, when we talk about FTP, there's sort of, there's this theoretical paper FTP, which will be the highest number that we're all gonna talk about. And then there's gonna be the climbing FTP, which will be a little bit lower. And then there's gonna be a flat FTP, which is gonna be way lower. And the idea with sustained threshold training is to get that flat FTP that they can deliver in a race higher. Um, and, and that's critical. So we're talking about one to two hour efforts in training. And typically for most people, I'll get them started with a, you know, if they live someplace where they have an hour long climb, I'll get them to uphill. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't care about the position. So it's TT bike, it's uphill, use any position you want. And we're going to have a target power output that we're going to want to try and convert and get that athlete to be able to deliver on the flats. But before we can deliver it on the flats, we need to deliver it going uphill. It's going to be way easier for the athlete. And that would be a little reality check for the athlete. Can they just produce that power with an hour's worth of work going uphill? And if you're living in Christchurch, it would be an hour's worth of climbing, right? Because you don't have any long climbs. So it would be like, you know, climb up, go over the other side, climb back up. Let's see what you get for the hour uh, worth of uphill work. Then what I'm going to do is once that's established, it might take might take three, four weeks to establish that. So it's not like you're sort of progressing each week. You're progressing in blocks of, say, three to four weeks. The next thing is then to start to include some periods where you're still going uphill, but you're down on the arrow bars. And so something we do here in Colorado is we might alternate miles or we might alternate every five minutes between you know, that whatever your preferred climbing position is, that might be standing or it'll be sitting up open chest and you, and you come and you add in some TT uh, position and you'll find that as you close the chest down a little bit with the TT position, it gets a little bit harder and that, that might take another three weeks. The next progression is then you want to back it off the, uh, the grade. And again, you know, so here in Christchurch, no, here in Colorado, we got climbs that maybe three to four percent grades, and then when you're going up to six to eight percent, it's easy to generate the watts. But now, when it's you know that kind of three percent grade, all of a sudden you're having to work a lot harder, particularly in the TT position, to get that power output. Um, and sometimes they might have to break it up. So it might it might go instead of trying to do 60 minutes worth, maybe it's going to be five by 12 minutes worth now in TT position on a moderate type grade. Uh, and then the, the final thing is then, then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna start doing the work on the flat. And when you're on the flat, the goal is to sort of build up to, you know, that ability to do 40 minutes at that kind of goal effort and see how you're, see if you can deliver that power. 
And so as you're backing off the grade and you're adding the TT position, you get a reality check as to whether you're going to be able to deliver that on the flats. How do you factor in, um, and I'm a bit of a prime example here, is somebody who's a good racer versus not such a good trainer. So the numbers that I generate in a race, um, I just cannot generate in, in training. Um, yep. do, you, do you find that quite common? And, and if so, no. should people be uh, train, trying to train to their racing zones or more training to what they can actually produce in training? If that makes sense. Yeah, it's a great question. So th these workouts, you're not. These workouts are once a week workouts, and they should be. They're intended to be challenging, and they're intended intended to be very race specific. So what do you produce Olympic distance uh, for hour of power, average watts? Uh, two eighty two. Mm. Gee, that's uh. That's pretty solid, mate. That's good. a little guy. But then I ran exceptionally well off it. But you know, if I, if I go and do that, uh, even try to do that in training, it would that would be that would be my FTP easily. Yeah. So then, so I think we would for an athlete, for an athlete in your position, we need to be careful that you didn't blow yourself up in training. Mm. So those those blocks would probably need to be broken up, mm. and maybe. You're talking maybe you're training down in that kind of 275, maybe yeah, even 270 yeah. to 275, and you're going to leave room so you can really smash yourself on race day. Mm. But for most of us, what we're going to find and what's far more common would be an athlete that's delivering 190 on the flats, and they might be able to deliver 240 going uphill. Mm. I see that a lot more. And so what I would what I, what we'd be saying is, well, look, if we can get you from one 90 to say 210 or 215 uh putting that out on the flats based on what you can do going uphill that's going to be what we're shooting for so in physiological terms that athlete the program is not going to be all that much challenging until we back off the hill for the athlete until that athlete is flattening the course and that is what i see almost all the time mm. Um, have you got any other? I mean, you've gone through a few varieties of, of testing, but any any sort of sam other any other sample sessions you want to sort of share? Yeah. So, my one of my favorite ones is a it'd be what you call you you know and if you talk about what do you what do you call flat to flat where you got to go over two passes, you know in in say Christchurch. We've got a course where it's a one-hour climb, and then you you're up on it, and it kind of rolls. Mm -hmm. So you, you're sort of you're not on you're not on a summit, but you're on a highway, and it's rolling mm -hmm. at, a, at an altitude. Mm -hmm. So you get a one-hour climb, and then it's kind of and then it kind of rolls, and it's not all that affected by wind. So it's a great benchmark for an athlete to do a 90-minute to two-hour time trial. Mm -hmm. And I found that once the fitness is well established, as a real challenge session at the end of a lighter week. Doing a 90-minute to two-hour effort where it's a race-type effort to prepare that athlete for an upcoming race is very beneficial. And so we'll use, we'll use that route to challenge somebody. And, and so you're looking for like a 90-minute to two-hour best effort, cycling effort. You're going to recover a lot better than, obviously, if you were smashing yourself with a 10K at the end of it. Mm. But you get a big boost from that with your cycling. And that would be a goal bike output. Now, obviously, in the race, 
when you start running, if you've paced yourself appropriately, your overall output will be higher than your bike output. If we had a little power meter on your body when you were running, we can estimate it. Cousins does that. Mm. But the, um, and, and that is a great sort of tester time trial. The other thing that I've found is for your flat TTs, you're better off doing it at 30K if it's in training and you're alone than trying mm-hmm. to smash, get yourself amped up and smash yourself for 40K. Mm-hmm. Um, for the reason that you mentioned, Johnny, is that it's just too mentally taxing uh, for you to hit race effort. Mm. But to go out and do, you know, say two by two by 15K with 3K easy in between, it will be taxing, but you're still going to bounce back from that because that, that race intensity and getting the body used to that, I think the reason a, a lot of people, particularly fit people with those high power output that you mentioned cramp is the workload is appropriate but the body's not used to doing that workload because they haven't had much time at the workload and so you, you need to get that specific preparation in for the olympic distance mm. so it's, it sounds like a lot of the, the the workouts and so on you're recommending are you know hard workouts but they're not necessarily sort of vo2 max and absolutely smashing themselves silly it's more sort of longer hard efforts rather than short maximum efforts exactly so you're you're looking it, it's length of effort and it's, it's that the sweet spot is kind of that 92 to 95 percent of functional threshold by staying under your true max your recovery you get a really good training benefit and your recovery is quicker if you're not used to this these types of sessions though they will smash you around a bit um, but it, it's meant to be the key session of the week. Mm, mm. And it's in a block where you're not putting pressure on yourself to do a ton of volume. Um, so, so obviously we, we've sort of focused a bit more on the, the front, sort of towards the front of the pack athletes here. Do, do you find that these workouts are as effective or, or should be done by sort of middle to back of the packers, or do you think they should be more focused on, on their endurance, you know, just their strength and endurance? Well, the interesting thing is when you put a power meter on those mid-pack and, and back-of-pack athletes, you're going you're gonna to find out that they're all, that's how they're already doing most of their climbing. <laughs> yeah. They're, and, and it'll come as a big eye-opener to them when you, when you say, well, you know, actually, you're already doing this work. And yeah. for, for those athletes, typically where you're going to get your big bang for your buck, I mean, if, if ultimately they're sort of middle distance or long distance, is keeping the overall training plan moderate focusing them on on strength work and so it would be more lower cadence work make them more durable so they're not going to break down as much on the run and the other thing that you'll find with those mid-pack and back-of-pack athletes if they start doing a lot of threshold training they're going to start craving sugar and they're not going to they're going to be doing a lot of training and not losing any weight and for that part of the field body composition can often be the quickest way to improve their overall time particularly with their run so having an intensity focus, while it might make sense physiologically, you know, get them really fit, you might not get much bang for your buck if they happen, you know, if they would benefit from knocking 10, 15 pounds off themselves. Mm. Okay, that's all good stuff. Um, any, any other things you had down there that you wanted to, to add to this around um, speed work? You know, I would say um, it's a, I would treat it as a, as a block would be the you know my have it at have it a, a focus for say 12 to 15 weeks and have a series of races that you do coming off of it so you know two olympics and a sprint put into a four-week period 
um, when you come off of this type of training, I think can be a great way uh, to break things up and challenge yourself, particularly if you've been doing the same Ironman grind for you know three years or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, it's you can really you can shake things up uh, with your body, and it can really help your long time trialing because what it'll do is it'll improve your ability to lift your effort and put a lot more tempo. Uh, into your hilly courses um, and you guys are endurance corner what's uh, you've got your camp coming up in June yeah we got our June boulder camp coming up got a space for that nice. that's probably the main thing that's on our radar we're gonna have uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish that week off with a trip up Mount Evans mm-hmm. uh, which is the highest paved road in the lower 48 states Nice. And so it's an opportunity to do a 28-mile climb, wow. so a 45k climb. Nice. So if you do it twice, you can. It's your Ironman race sim. But we we, do, we just do it once. There you go. So how long is that climb going to take? Um, take you guys? Yeah, you know the the faster athletes. Uh, I think the fastest we ever had some somebody do it in a camp was about two and a half hours. Nice. Uh, but most most folks are in that kind of three to three and a half range and obviously pretty quick coming down because all you got to do is yeah keep yourself on the mountain (laughs) (laughs) nice um anything else happening with endurance corner you want to share those would be the main things just 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 the boulder camp cool okay and what about in gordo world you got any any races coming up uh yeah i'm gonna do uh gonna do another season of mountain biking gonna gonna do the silver rush 50 up in leadville Mm -hmm. which is a absolutely brutal 50 miler and then i'm gonna do the 100 again in august Nice. Very good. Well, Gordo, we'll let you get back to your coffee um, and the family. And uh, thanks, as always, for coming on the show. And, guys, check out um, endurancecorner.com as well as um, the camps. Obviously, there's a ton load of... Uh, yeah, they put great camps on, guys. You can't go wrong. ton load of uh, stuff up there in their library as well and, and a lot of things. Check out, check out their Kindle book as well, John. Yes, the Kindle book, yep. Bevan, Bevan's woken up. He was just having a little nap there. Oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm alert. <laughs> um, and, Gordo, thanks for your time, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Cheers, guys. Thanks, mate. What do you think, John? Oh, standing. <laughs> we haven't actually heard it yet because we haven't recorded it yet. We put it in after the show, but I'm sure it was amazing. I'm Good sure always it was. always good. Yes. Good so, is one of those guys who's intelligent. Unlike us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Athlinks.com. Bevan, Tell us about it, Jumbo. I did. I've, I've started doing my peas, Bevan. Tell so me about I've, it. Uh, I was thinking, I wonder who I'm going to have to deal with in, uh, oh, in the nice. kind of 70.3. And... Uh, and so I went to last year's results and I had tried to have a little scan. That's so strong. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he won't be there. Sponge from the results. Um, I wanted to try to see who, who who was there last year and what sort of chances I might have to do. Um, Jesus, Matt Greg run. Bennett, didn't he? He really Chris, did. Greg Bennett, who's one of the best triathletes of all time, really, isn't he? Mm. And Lance put three minutes on him. Mm. And three minutes. And this is probably Lance third or fifth triathlon I think what was probably most impressive was he only lost four minutes on the, the run to Greg Bennett and, and Bennett was a mean runner isn't he Greg Bennett's a mean runner Chris Leader was never in the mix because he was uh, injured, had was an injury and uh, blew up on the run but um, but still rode 201.46 and he swam 23.22 which was uh, only five seconds down Greg to be Bennett. honest when I saw that result I thought to myself that guy's a cheat <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> did you see on Facebook this week? Someone put, did you see this on Facebook the, this week in Lance? I may have done. Okay, I have to pull it up because it's quite funny. So, um, oh wait, I'm just pulling a, some, someone put um, a suggestion for this week in Lance on Facebook on, on the dub 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 I am talk 
Facebook.me Facebook page and I'm just pulling up here and it was a picture of a newspaper clipping and it's got, um, where's he going this week? And it's Dave Haywood sent it through and it's got, it was a clipping out of a newspaper and it's got some guy's got, I think it's just terrible and disgusting how everyone has treated Lance Armstrong, especially after he's achieved so much winning seven Tour de France races while competing on drugs. When I was on drugs, I couldn't even find my bike. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah so anyway. So I was doing my... my um, back to athletics. Back, back to athletics. I was, I was checking out who, who raced last year. Chris Howth, I got no chance of, I don't think, beating him and, and his name isn't on the start list, but he finished eighth. Oh, overall. so you are really doing your P's. Oh, yeah. You've, you've gone to these people and then you've gone to the start list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for a couple of them I did. And so then, what time do you think you're good for now? Well, and I, I was thinking, basically looking purely at last year's results because the conditions were fairly tricky. If I had a really, really good race last year uh, or this year, and I don't know how I'm going to be fatigued going into it, but I would have thought in the region of sort of 420 tw- ish, which had, uh, he, he did 416. Um, so I don't think even if I had my dream day, I would have been able to, to do that. Well, based on that, good old Penn Henderson. Email. He did four twenty. He did, but he rode a two thirteen. I thought I've got no chance against yeah, that. But he ran a one thirty, John. Yeah, I know, but, yeah. but still, um, it's it's a tricky run. You know, he ran one thirty, but look at Greg Bennett. He only ran one eighteen, and he was on fire. Mm. Um, so it's, it wasn't as a slow run course. Julia so Grant from Christchurch, good Christchurch girl. Mm. She did one four thirty. You'd have to beat her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Um, <laughs> what the? Your sex is big. No. You tell me one time that Julia Grant has ever even beat me. This is, well, you've never raced her. This I is a chance. Know. Mike Montgomery. Yeah, well, that's. I was scanning through. I was thinking, Mike might have other things on his hands at the moment. <laughs> it's an inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, for he, those in the know, he won't be attending the race. Uh-huh. Um, but what I'm trying to get across here is, is I went on Athlinks. What if I, he is, John? You're gonna feel pretty embarrassed. If no, you. I'm not. I feel embarrassed at all. Okay. Um, but basically, the, the, what I was trying to do is go through here and uh, seeing who was on the list. And okay, then, so where do you think you have a good day? Where do you think you're going to pull off? Let me finish, Bevan. Oh, well, Jesus. <laughs> um, I can go through here and I can actually see who's on Athlinks and actually check out their results. So I was checking out this guy, Penn Henderson. Okay. I don't know where he pulled that 213 out of his butt. There. His other res- results on Athlinks were, were not particularly impressive. I was like, where the hell did that come from? Well, maybe he had a good day. Maybe he did. We did. was still bloody smoking, I tell you what. Um, and I was able to go through there, and the guys who have got Athlinks profiles, I uh, was able to check out their results, sort of figure out, oh, yeah, I think this is where I could take him. So use this for a bit of com- competitor analysis. It is pretty cool, actually, because, because Penn's actually not a member of Athlinks. So, <clears throat> so you could go, well, or maybe he is a member. No, no, you've got to have the little Athlinks sign, but you could actually go through and see all his, yeah, his other results. Yeah, that's what's really great. So they, they obviously found Penn Henderson. So... <clears throat> you can look at like Lava Man, which was obviously maybe an Olympic distance. Mm-hmm. Well, he did a two hundred one there. That's pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. I think you're not giving the credit he deserves. Well, maybe I should. Maybe I'm not. But anyway, yeah, yeah. He did that King swim, a thirty hour swim, thirty hour. Kona Athletics King swim, two thousand and twelve, thirty hours and thirty six minutes, forty six minutes. Yeah, precious. Surely not. It's a long time swimming. Yeah. Maybe it's a team thing. Yeah, yeah. He did the rough water. Yeah. He did, and it's, he uh, did 107. Yeah. The 10K run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 22. I can't think of that's right. But he's only done a half marathon, 129, and the Queen K uh, half marathon. So biking looks to be his gig. 
It is good, John, isn't it? So you've done your piece. Okay, done now, now can I ask? Now, now, now you can I'm go. Not you're interrupting. You know you're not now. Sure. You go ahead. Okay. So where do you think you where do you think you'll put off? Well, I go on to what's happened in the last couple of last uh, week has has been very uninspiring on my part because I've been sick. As Wait, are you pulling up your website? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh-huh. But basically, not zero trainings happened in the last week. But it's uh, it may as well have been. So. Confidence is not particularly high, but I think yeah. If I if based on last year's times, if I did around about the four twenty mark on that, I would be pretty stoked. But I'm not. I just don't know how I'm going to back up after this week of training. I don't think I'll be. I don't think I'll have my A Auckland game on. But fingers crossed, we have a steady day. But you weren't feeling that great going to Auckland. Yeah, but in the race, I was on fire. Yeah, but there could be a sign. I'm going to have significant amount of training under my belt before that weekend, which is going to be a plus and advantage. So I think you know. Acclimatisation should be sweet. It's probably more just if I'm going to have that little bit of freshness in the legs. So if you want to get this top 10... I'm pretty sure I'll get a top 10. Well, you wouldn't have last year based on what you're talking about. Last year, good old Timothy Ma, he's not a member as well, but he got 10th and he did a 4.18. Yeah, but no, that's, that's including the pros. Well, it's top 10. Oh, no, I'm not going to get top... Well, no, the pros don't count. What do you mean? Well, that... that I want, to, I want to see you get a top 10. Oh, that's a pretty big ask. Well, not well, really. It depends who turns up. You're, basically, you're saying that you think you could have done a 420 last year. Yeah. If you done a 420 last year, you were 11th. Oh, that's true. There won't be as many pros there this year either. Yep, and Lance isn't there. Mm. So there's no cheats there. Do you know who might be there? Who? Gordon Ramsay. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. Phil, Phil's been Twitter finding it out on Twitter. God, if you can get, it, get an interview of him. <laughs> I'll try. Are you getting the media pass? I'm busy racing. Just ask for a media pass. I'll give you one. Yeah, okay. If you can call him Ramsey, you go up in my books. Okay. Yep. God, I've got to do it then. I've got to do it. Yep, exactly. It's daylight now, Bevan. Look at that. Mm. Unbelievable. So uh, it is quite good, isn't it? You can really kind of go, okay, well, here's my race. Here's where I'm going to, you know, and you can just go and do your homework, can't you? You can indeed. Yep. So good work. John, I want you to be first athlete's athlete. Brett Tingy's gone. Do you think you'll beat him? See, that's an interesting one because I think I will probably catch him in the swim because um, the hot pros have only got a three-minute head start. Okay. So I'm pre- I think, I, I think I'd, I'm not sure. So wait a second, Brett Tingy's a local athlete, um, bloody amazing runner. Um, mm. Tried to qualify for the Olympics, didn't quite get there, but, you know, it was kind of in that kind of world. Um, <clears throat> amazing runner, transitioned to triathlon, hasn't really had that nailed result yet. Well, he's had a couple. Of, he won the New Zealand triathlon <laughs> champs and beat some pretty good guys Oh, I didn't there. know that, did he? Yeah, he beat Axel and he beat uh, Rob Creasy and that, so that's, that's a pretty impressive result, but hasn't done much since then. That was like first up, boom. Yep. Holy smoke, watch out for this guy. Um, but doing halves, he has not got anywhere near his potential. Yes. So, <clears throat> excuse me, but he's targeted this race for his key race for the year. So he's going to this one and he's taking it serious, John. Mm. Now, he's, he's, got, he's got youth and a bit, he's probably a little bit fitter than you and a bit, probably a better athlete at this moment in time. Yeah. But he doesn't have the experience you have. Mm-hmm. You have the wisdom, John. So what's going to win? I'm wisdom taking or youth? him down. You, you putting what, it out what, there? what do I get if I take him down, Bevan? A bliss throat guard. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I want a Mars bar. I want that I'll Mars bar to I'll take buy you. to take to my bloody yeah, island. I'll buy you Mars bar and I'll also buy you the Angry Birds Star Wars game. Okay, deal. Deal, because it's a pretty good game. Cool. Yep. We will download it next week. Yep, yep. Well, you've got to win it. Okay. Are we checking on Athlinks? Yeah, good. Athlinks.com, guys, check it out. Okay, um, next up we have Coach's Corner. You want some music? Yeah, I think so. Here's the music. 
Coach's Corner. Martin the Silver Surfer Sylvester. Did we, give him that, did we give him that nickname as he made that one up himself? I reckon it we It seems it's did. a bit good for us. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, dear John and Bevan, um, in order, who is likely to give the most sensible answer? Thank you, Martin. Well, what's all that about? Um, I'm going to try to give a real sensible answer here. An item that may be for Coach's Corner. I'm looking to do my debut iron distance race next year after a couple of years of 70.3. Good to see you're on a three-year plan. Nice. I have come to triathlon late after a cycling-only background. As with most age groupers around the 40-year mark, I have a time-consuming job, family commitments, and kids. I'm getting... um, to, to a five-hour finish in a 70.3 on between four and eight hours training a week. Stepping up to iron distance means I have to increase this, but again, as with most age groupers, it's a trade-off of family and work. My idea is to take advantage of a sabbatical option at work and take a month off to train full-time. My broad idea is to do an eight to ten week build-up at around eight to ten hours a week, then hit a full month of um, block of structured training, then return back to eight to ten as a three-week taper. What do you think? Worthy of a discussion of the show? Loving the podcast. Happy to keep supporting you both. That means you get it from us. Sorry? I think supporting us both meant he donated it. Okay. Yes. So, cool. Yep. Nice work. Okay, John, so the question is, um, should I th- I'm going to take a sabbatical. How do I make it work? A one-month sabbatical. Um, and I basically just put myself in your shoes, Martin, and this is how I would suggest um, possibly looking at it, is, uh, is you got that time, you know, you, I know you come from a cycling background, but, it's going to mean you've got plenty of time to to, to do cycling and uh, and that's what's going to make the difference come race day is you need to obviously build your running up but you need to have a good engine there and you need to be nice and bike fit to enable you to run well. So I would suggest doing your um, month-long block slightly earlier um, and so you, the roll into race would be you do your four-week um, sabbatical where you'd, you'd really crank the training for four weeks and then you'd have a, an easier week where you'd possibly do like a half Ironman simulation, then another two weeks solid, and then a sort of a two-week taper in the race. So I'd suggest actually bringing your month sabbatical a little bit forward and then do that, absorb it, and then have another couple of weeks of sort of slightly higher intensity, more specific training, and then you taper into the race. And and I was having a think about um, if I had a month, how I'd sort of structure it, given that I'm... You know, you st- you, whilst you're having the time off work, you're still going to have the family and I don't know how old your kids are, but how to structure that. And so there's quite a few options. If you say you've got a you know a 30-day period, you've got to think how you're going to structure that to completely not nuke yourselves. Um, one way you could do it is to sort of break it into three 10-day blocks where you maybe do eight days of solid training, two days off, or you could do 12 days, um, 12 days of sort of fairly solid on and then maybe a six-day swim block and then another 12-day. Um, so or like two camps? Yeah, two camps, or you could do sort of just a continual cycle of four days on, one day off. Um, but the way that if, if I was in your shoes, if, if, I, if, if somebody presented me with this option, the way that I'd personally do it is I'd do Monday to Friday, five days full-on training, and then two days over the weekend of, of light training, probably just two swims over the weekend, and I'd just repeat that through um, four times. So you'd have five big days, two days swimming, Five big days. When you're talking swimming. big days, you know, like for a guy who's doing what? What is he saying? Like eight to eight to ten hours a week. I know normally does four to eight hours. So 
you know, the, the the danger is if you go from a guy who's doing four to eight hours, which actually isn't a huge amount of training, no. to having a month off and you're doing five days, you know, full on, the danger is you could overload yourself and injure yourself. So how do you manage that? Well, I think that's a key thing. It is, is not, not looking at it as how much you can fit in 30 days. It's actually taking a step back, planning it, so you're actually factoring in plenty of recovery and actually getting some quality family time in there as well. So I think if you did five on, two off, five on, two off, I think you'll get some nice balance in there. Um, sure, you're going to have to be careful, and, and it would be bike-dominated for those five days. If you come from a cycling background, you would hope the risk of injury would not be quite so high. So I'm not talking five days of doing 100 miles a day for five days, and you'd want to change what you do. This is dangerous, isn't it? Because people go and go, I've got this opportunity, I want to train mm. as much as possible, and then the risk factor for injury increases. Totally. So just got to be careful and, 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 and treat it very much as an, an endurance um endurance block rather than doing too much high intensity focus on the bike factor in the recovery and you should be good to go and also i would say another one way to keep things uh say or keep things sort of in, in order as you're going through that period is to factor in some some time for flexibility work so if you're doing those five days you know you might have um three blocks of yoga in there for an hour a day for three of your five days just to help keep things subtle and um and also maybe a bit of massage but yeah recovery you certainly need to focus on that john when you've got an athlete who um who is just continuously and keeps training through injury and gets keeps getting injured and is stupid with it what do you do with the athletes like that um well I've, I've, i find that if, if you've got the appropriate tools in terms of gps and uh and power that's usually the, the main reason i find that people get injured is they're going too fast and so if you get GPS watch and you set the zones appropriately, I think the instance of injury becomes significantly less. Um, no, but like, cause for example, I've got a runner in my group and he, um, he's just a keen guy and, uh, and he's had Achilles problems and he and really just needs some downtime. Mm. And, and he gets, so he has some downtime and then he comes back and he'll go do a two and a half hour run mm. straight away and, and then gets injured again. And like, he just doesn't listen. And I always find it's, you get a little bit frustrated by people. <laughs> but a bit if he gets a GPS watch, um, tell him this is a pace. If you give him a specific program, this is a pace you run. Um, for guys who get Achilles issues and things like that, I find the run walk works really well. We haven't talked about that much in the past, and it's sort of a topic. Sometimes we have topics that come in and they're really hot for a while, and then we don't yeah. talk about it. It's not that I'm not still doing them, um, it's just we sort of have little periods where we have a hot topic but uh, I find the run walk works really really well um, but a lot of people don't want to do that they're just too stubborn mm. but I'd say GPS watch set some zones say do not run faster than this and most people have to slow down good times um, Jumbo questions and answers good old Darren Shaminsky nice work did I get that did I okay Tim Don you were asking last week you were wondering about Tim Don on the podcast I noticed that he's a part of the pro field and he's pretty stacked up the Rev 3 quasi half Ironman race is coming up in uh, early June it's obviously a non-drafting so I was assuming he'd be making a move away from the Olympics and then someone else actually sent us through an email saying he sure. writes for Try 220 and he's going to be moving to the States for five years and to really focus on 70.3s mm -hmm. so that's good to hear uh, Travis Tremaine um, <clears throat> Yeah last week apparently I got Foster wrong Yeah see I, th I thought it was near Sydney And I was right Yeah um, Apparently so we, last week we announced that Challenge had um, a bunch of new races in Australia And one of them was in My error Foster. was I went Because it's called Forster mm. Not Foster mm. And I searched Foster on Google mm. And that's why I got the one close to Melbourne So and apparently it's like a retirement village Right So we, we, we thought um, the new one in Foster uh, Was in Foster 
Forster is in New South Wales, north of Sydney, the home of Ironman Australia. Foster is a sleepy town near Wilson's from Port from Victoria, over many retirees. As Bevan pointed out, that race is actually sold out. It's a good work challenge. Oh, did it sell out Foster as well? Mm. Oh, did they? I didn't know that. Mm. They sold out Melbourne. <coughs> I think that's the same one. No, no, Melbourne is not. Okay. I don't know anyway, if Forster sold out. One of them sold out. Let's just keep the disinformation flowing. <laughs> yeah. I got a question, an email here from Barbie. She just got there's two Kiwis doing Ironman lens already this weekend. Last weekend, obviously, one guy and a girl. Uh, Me? Uh, unfortunately, my boyfriend, Nacho, that's a good name, who uh, who was one of two Chileans doing the race for his femur on a bike crash three weeks ago. So we'll be cheering me on with the help of crutches. So hopefully he had a great race. And also, just Sarah Cass Kessels. You reckon? Mm-hmm. Yep. My husband is an avid fan of yours and listens to every one of your podcasts more than once quite often. We like that. We should put that in our marketing material. Yep, we yep. get this many downloads, but a lot of people Actually, listen twice. Yes, exactly. Um, and often listen to your podcast whilst training. I or, know you do tra- a segment. Travelling even. Oh, sorry, travelling. Um, I know you do a segment on results from people's Ironman's competitions. Please, please, please could you mention him as he has competed his first Ironman, completed his first Ironman this weekend and chose Lanzarote as his first challenge. His name is Paul Kessels from the UK representing RAF Triathlon and he competed in the Completed it in 11 hours, 16 and 29 seconds. His splits were 59.22, all nice, under the sub hour, mm-hmm. 6.11.19, and then he got the sub four with a 3.58.04. Thank you, sub Sarah. Su- sub one on the bike, sub one hour on the bike, sub four on the run. Just need to get that sub six and you'll be... Yeah, and you'll get that. You'll almost have a sub sub eleven with that. Nice work. Nice work. And then uh, Sarah Castle was dedicated wife and race manager, and she loved this movie, Recipes. There's going to be a repeat of the smoothie challenge. I can't, I can't, we can't, can't, leave, know I won, that's why. can't leave it where it was. Your blender is going to be toast when I'm done with it. John, you, you really want to talk it up again? <laughs> You're just setting yourself up for tears. Uh, sponsors gone, John? Uh, SLS Try. Now, this is one item. They've got a new item that I just discovered that I am going to get myself a pair um, of. Armchillas. I'm going to get myself a pair of these next summer. I'll tell you gold. what. gold, armchillas. So, basically, arm. Um, they're not arm warmers, they look like arm warmers, but they're arm chillers. Uh, so they're sort of like a meshy, they look like, I haven't actually got a pair, but they're sort of a meshy white um, armband, like an arm warmer. And you see a lot of um, a lot of people wearing this sort of stuff in Kona, especially when we're over there, a lot of guys are wearing this stuff. So arm chillers protect your skin against the harmful rays of the sun. Their new micro mesh material will ensure your, your, your maximum comfort and perfect fit at the same time. Um, it's a special structure, makes it extremely moisture wicking so that your skin will stay fresh and dry while you are training or racing, preventing annoying irritations and itches. Arm chillers, just in case you're worried, they're sold in pairs. You don't, you don't wear one at a time. Do you know what, John? What? You're going to crack up with this. Sometimes when I teach in group fit, mm-hmm. I wear an arm warmer, just one as a fashion statement. I almost <laughs> swore then. <laughs> I'm very almost let an F-bomb go. But do you know why? Because <clears throat> you're an idiot. <laughs> well, yes. But no, also, that's what some of the basketball players do. They have like one of those arm warmers on just for fashion and then they have a wristband on the other one. So I do it to look cool. And do you know what people always say? They go, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they go, is this something wrong with your arm? <laughs> and they go, no, it's fashion. And then they go, oh, yeah, true, fashion. Different world, the world of fitness instructing. Uh, so check that out on slstry.com. You use the code IAMTALK. Uh, they're only 29 bucks 90 Crikey, I didn't realise they're that cheap. Wow. 
Um, but no, seriously, I'm going to get some of these bad boys for next summer because in, in New Zealand we just get roasted by the sun, yeah, and a lot really of guys and we do wear them in Kona. Um, you know, you get those things. I remember Mimi; uh, she was wearing them on the camp last year, and get them and you wet them up, and it keeps your arms. Um, she's a lot of people find that it keeps you nice and uh, nice and cool. So it's protecting you from the sun, also well, keeping you cool. And, and you know, it's a topic we haven't really touched on in a very long time. But you know, you've got to be aware of that when we're doing our racing. We're just. The amount of time we spend in the sun is not good for your body. It's probably the training more than the racing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, just off. the time you're in the sun. And so, you know, these types of kind of, it's a tool really that you can do to protect your body. So, mm. you know, definitely get onto it. SLSTry.com, use the code IAMTALK. And remember, they've, they have got the uh, IAMTALK gear on there. If you want to get a tri-suit two-piece, um, check it out. It's just go on the SLSTry.com, click on either men or women, and uh, they'll have them up there. And they do a bunch of orders during the year. Jumbo. Mm. If you want to get this show emailed to you, you go to me. It's a little link in there. You put your stuff in there. And then you can rock on from there and you'll get all the info. You get the show emailed to you every Tuesday. As soon as I release the show, I email it to the people on the database. Uh, we won't spam you if anything. It's good. If you've got any questions, you can email us at imtalkpodcast at gmail.com. I'm just checking out Facebook here, guys. And uh, Nicholas, good old Pollock, Pollcock, he's basically saying, what happened with the cricket? We suck at cricket, guys. It oh, no, we were great for bloody four days or whatever, and then we were crap. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. suck at cricket. Mm. We, were, we weren't crap. We were dis- despicable, John. They were great for four I went days. to bed. I went to bed because I was playing risk with the boys, and I went to bed, and we were one wicket for about 13, and I thought, you know what? We can do this. Mm. You know, I'm going to wake up in the morning, and we're going to beat them at Lords. Mm. And then I woke up in the morning to the title. Bloody rain. It's Sunday rain. I woke up to the morning. And we were all out for like 70. Yeah. I think it was 68, actually. You Americans don't know what we're talking about. but And Mike Smith, did you see that one from Mike Smith? It's about the Garmin? Yes, a couple of people have seen that through. So, good, eh? um, And I mentioned this to Axel last night, and he was like, really? As well. Um, so apparently with Garmin, um, Garmin, I use the Garmin 19, and I use the Garmin uh, 800 on the bike, and I have heart rate issues, and it's just frustrating. But apparently, you can use a Polar heart rate strap with um, with Garmin, which I did not realise. Apparently, DC Rainmaker said so, and if he says so, it must be true. So, because people have been wondering about some of my heart rate data, and uh, and so I'm going to try that out. Anthony Thank Parker's giving me a hard time, John. I know. He's, he doesn't like my Good Times Rock and Roll. Yeah. Do you know what? Anthony, someone sent him through an email the other day, and in the last bit they had Good Times Rock and Roll. Oh, bullcrap. <laughs> they did. Did. And I thought that all people are taking on to this one. <laughs> Jesus, it's, it's, it's splitting the audience, John. I'd count at least 30 times per show that you'd say it. Oh, I've told you a million times, Anthony. Don't exaggerate. <laughs> i told you a million times. <laughs> okay, Jumbo, what's your goss? Uh, right, so if people want to follow... Oh, um, it's good sponsors. Athlinks.com. Yes. Coffees of Hawaii. Yes. Extreme endurance. Yes. Athlinks.com. Did I say Athlinks? Yeah, you started with those guys. SLS. Get it. And trainingpeaks.com. Yes. John. Uh, Bevan. I want to follow you. What am I going to do? So camp is started. Go Twitter? Uh, I might actually get the Twitter thing going on my phone now that I've got it, but oh. I, I don't really do anything yet on Twitter. Well, you can get it to link to your Facebook I page. Do, I do that. Yes. Okay. So, so I will try to do a bit of Twittering. Um so people want to follow the camp though because this could be quite interesting. Uh, go to K- Coach John Newsom, no Coach John Project Twenty Fourteen. Yes, I'll be where do I go? Um, daily training logs. It's not up there yet, 
But when the camp starts, which is on Sunday American time, I'll be putting all the sessions we do up there and you'll actually be able to see the profile for the Kona course. Um, yeah, it should, should, hopefully it will be reasonably interesting to be able to see actually what goes on, what sort of intensity we're pushing as we go through the camp in a blow-by-blow blow account. Also be posting plenty of things on uh, on the Epic Camp Facebook page, so if you want to find that and give it a bit of a like, um, I'll be getting some of the other campers to uh, hopefully post some things on there, and if anybody else on the camp is keeping blogs, I'll be putting that on epiccamp.com under the upcoming camps Kona 2013. I'll put a little link for for um, any blogs that people might be keeping. John, I feel a bit sorry for you this week. It has been grim. I've just been looking at your training log. Do you want a hug? Yeah. You had a zero day on Sunday. Look, feeling... No, I had 40 minutes spin on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> as, no, good, as good as a zero. Feeling worse today, but better towards the end of the day, so I did a 40 minute spin. Yeah, no, the, the entries this week have been one sick line, one-liners. <laughs> today was another light day. Feeling a little bit better, but certainly not back to full fitness. Do you know what? I, I told Joe that you were feeling a bit sick. You know what Joe said, John? Yeah, no, she had no she sympathy goes, for me. You should have got, you got your, your flu shot. Yeah. It wasn't the flu. But it <laughs> what is it? Manifested into a bunch of things. <laughs> so yeah, it started coming on last Sunday. I sort of started to feel a little bit. No, you felt it when you did Legends, didn't you? You were feeling, weren't feeling flesh in. I was crap then, um, but this was like a week ago. Yeah, so I basically had a week written off of training. I managed to do bits and pieces here and there, but uh, it's just annoying because that's a week, and then this week's going to be. I'm still not right, um, and so I've just got to try to get myself right for the camp. So that's two weeks of more or less lost fitness. So. A little annoyed about that, but you know, such is life. Truck on, not feeling on fire at the moment, but um, yeah, hopefully in a week and a half's time I'll be ready to rumble. Um, so yeah, should be good times. Heading to Kona on Thursday. Yeah, have a glass? Um, no, I gotta give some thought to that, but no, no. What about you, Bevan? Neither, John. I did nothing this weekend. It was rubbish. We've had a rubbish week of weather. It's just, it's just it's just inside weather for about a week and a half now. And the problem is, John, <clears throat> I, I, like I just said the night that I haven't probably had since I've been 12, mm. where I literally just sat on the couch all night and did nothing. Mm. Like, just watched TV. I've never done that. Nice. And you kind of sit, you go, see, the night I should be doing something. I watched Batman, The Dark Knight. Which one? Is it the first one? Is it one with Joker? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, it was all right. We had to do it over two parts. It was a bit long for us. Yeah, it was quite long. It was three hours. It's long. Well, kind of yeah. Is that what movies do these days? Is it? They do tend to go longer. Back in the old days, ninety minutes. But yeah, nowadays yeah. they tend to go at least two hours, don't they? Did you like it? It wasn't bad. Do you think Heath Ledger was pretty awesome? He, he was uh, Batman, was he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you did something the other day. Was it the Star Wars one? Darth, Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So did you like the movie? Well, this is the problem. I, I, the, one of the times, one of the only times I get to watch movies is, is traveling. And um, it's when you get stuck on this bloody jet star, you don't get to oh, watch any movies. That really does suck. <laughs> so, anyway, I'll get lots of work done. John. Mm. We did an Le- Oh, sorry, you go ahead. No, you go. We did a Legends interview oh, this week. So, coming up June 1st, Peter Reid. Great interview. It was a Wait good interview, it. wasn't it? Mm. It's really interesting. He revealed some of his motivations. Mm. And uh, Don't give it away. And what happened was. <laughs> yeah. Really, really, really great interview. So we'll have that up on the 1st of June. If you did any Ironmans uh, recently, make sure you go to imtalk.me, go under community, tell us about your race. You guys did Lanzarote at the weekend, and we'll do some updating on that uh, shortly. Okay, so what, what's happening next week, John? Well, I'm just going to have to see what we can sort of fit in. I'll be on camp, so we're going to try to pre-record a bunch of stuff and maybe... Try to hook up an interview? Yeah, we'll see what we can do there. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay? Yeah. He'll be into it. If you can get Gordon Ramsay to yell at you... Yeah, I'll give you five iPhone apps. 
Okay. Yep. Yep. Within a regional. And budget. then the listeners can email me the most expensive iPhone apps you can buy. Well, it doesn't I've, matter if there could have been a discussion in a week. What apps could John get for his phone? I don't want to waste time on my phone. Squarespace. Though. That's a good app. It gives you all your stats. You use Squarespace. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's run. I don't want to spend time on my phone. You got your Vodafone. You got PayPal. I really don't want to do. I don't want no. Your bank? No. Why not? No, I don't want to. I don't want to be lived by my phone. But you don't. It's People. just an extension of self. No. IMDb, you'll love that one. That's one of my favorite apps. IMDb, you'll love it. It's a movie database, John. <laughs> you'll no. love it. You got? Have you got our app? Sorry. Have you got our app? Why? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking. Look. Yeah, I can see it. It's, it's got a picture of you and me. It's outstanding. Oh, John. No, I just... No, I'm happy with it. It's good. But my I don't want to turn 16? Me. Yep. Sweet 16. What do you think my main concern should be, John? Oh, I'm not that at stage of parenting yet, Bevan. I really don't know. She wants to go for a license. Should I let her do it? Of course you should. I got my license when I was 15. Did you? Yeah. That's the thing I did as well. I've changed. You're going to be 16 nowadays. Yeah. 16? Yeah. But it's not much good for her around but, you because you don't even have a bloody car. Well, Joe, we have a car. We. <laughs> what time have to do with Joe? We had a car. Yeah, okay. Do you, um, can you remember getting your license? Yeah. 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 Who taught you to drive? Dad. How did it go? It was fine. I had Any arguments? Fine. No, I got onto it pretty quick. Did you? And he, did you? They, they sent me on my way pretty quick. Because they, they were going to get rid of you? Yeah, drive to swimming. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Where you go? It's the only time I ever got a bloody speeding ticket was on the way to swimming one morning. It's like... You only had one speeding ticket? Yeah, my life. Five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I might have been driving 60. It wasn't much more than that. And the prick gave me a ticket. It's like there's no other traffic on the road. I was very annoyed. And how much did it cost you? I can't remember. It wasn't much. Did you pay for it? Or did your parents pay for it? Of course I paid for it. Or did your parents pay for it? No, I paid for it. Were you working? Yes. How'd you, how'd you pay? What were you doing for your job? What was your first job? Uh, I did a paper round and then did I did... Yeah. From the start? No, the Observer. And, uh, oh, really? That was really bad, the Observer. Yeah, and I worked in a fish and chip shop. Did you? Yep. Did you really? I did. Yeah, I was uh, chopping vegetables, a Chinese takeaway fish and chip shop. Did they have one of the, the, the for the spuds? No, no. So you actually I, chopped the spuds? Uh, I didn't do that, right? I had to put the spuds in the, the spinning machine. and then, They got rid of the skins? Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah, like that? That was a pretty crusty job. He did, he did not use the freshest potatoes. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> yeah, that was not nice. How much, how much did they pay you? I don't know. It was okay. Always paid cash. How much <laughs> cash on yeah. the side? Yeah. How many hours did you do? Just Friday nights. Fridays. Yeah, just Friday nights maybe. And then it was potato day one day a week. This is crap podcast. Yeah, I'm loving this. This is the best ever. <laughs> I got a speeding. You know what happened to me once for a speeding ticket? Tell us. I was, getting the, I was, I was driving down the road and I was speeding. I, was, oh, I wasn't doing the old hill. I was doing 61. I was doing, mm. like doing 85 and a 50 or something like that. Mm. And um, and I got put on. I was like, woo. I was like, ah, oh, you idiot. And you, know, you, you can only blame yourself. Mm. So the cop comes up to the car. And uh, and I'm thinking, oh well, and and you know I wasn't going to try. It. Yeah, I knew I was in the wrong. Mm. So he put up under the window. And he goes, oh, sorry, mate. You know I'm in the wrong. And he goes, oh, Bevan. <laughs> and I go, mate, how you going? And it was a guy who I kind of only vaguely knew, mm. but it was and it was a cop, and it was his first day on the job. And he goes to me, mate, I'm not sure if I can get you off it. And I said, oh, you know, it doesn't matter, mate. You know, it's, you know, I, I was speeding. He goes, look, and we talked to his partner, and I got off it. <laughs> so I didn't even get the ticket. Week. It's not what you know, John. Exactly. It's not what you know. Right, we need to carry on. Okay. Iron Russ. I'm a note. Train hard. Train smart. Kia car.